Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I want to let you know about our How to Charge a Client Guide, our 54-page digital download book that will teach you how to secure more money from your clients. From working with local businesses to some of the biggest celebrities and brands in the world, I will teach you everything I've learned about charging my clients over the past 10 plus years of my career as a freelance creator. In this guide, I walk through the process of charging clients step by step, explaining exactly how I analyze, negotiate, and land higher paying job opportunities. If you're interested in making more money as a creator, head over to shopbwnc.com and get the guide now. And we are back with another Black Window Green podcast, new episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Hedges. AKA Ben Real Verse World. And today's special guest is Jeremiah Davis, but most of y'all know him as that one blonde kid. Jeremiah is an ill director and videographer who tours regularly with the Chainsmokers and has worked with brands such as Adidas, Snapchat, Movement, DJI, and many, many others. Jeremiah's story is insane. Some of the things that you're going to hear about in this episode are his early hustle in high school, creating a photography business with his brother before getting a job at an ad agency, where he learned how to successfully cold email Fortune 500 companies using a pretty interesting tactic. The decision he made after high school to take a year off to travel and make adventure videos to find his editing style, how he took what he calls the art of reaching out to Instagram DMs, where he offered to shoot drone footage for Rory Kramer, who eventually landed him a job as a drone operator for the Chainsmith. Smokers music video closer, which has 2.4 billion views on YouTube. That's insane. Shout out to Instagram DMs. He gives us behind the scenes looks at the Snapchat series he directed called Without Limits, how he landed his first Chainsmokers tour after turning around two videos in three days, and the recent campaign he directed for Movement featuring professional skateboarder Nyjah Houston. I'm pumped for you to hear it. This episode is jam-packed with some sick insight. You'll learn the best way to reach out to clients, the value of turning around content quickly, and the power of collaboration. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you're probably wondering, what the fuck is Black With No Cream? Great question. Black Window Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. All right, that's it. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. Make sure to tune in every single Wednesday and Sunday for a new Black Window Cream podcast episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes because every review helps our podcast grow and reach new creators. Follow us on Instagram at Black With No Cream. Subscribe to us on YouTube to access all of our educational content and share this episode out with someone who needs it if you find it helpful. And without further ado, I bring to you my episode with that one blonde kid and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now. Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. 
And we are back with another Black Widow Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just I, happened. I don't know. I've just been doing it for years and years and years. Um, today's special guest, he's well known for just kind of crushing the internet left and right, Jeremiah Davis. Isn't that crazy that's a thing? You're like, yo, I crushed the internet and people want to talk to me now. I'm asking you, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I was, I was driving the other day and I was like, I get it. Or no, I was, uh, I was like skydiving. I was doing something fun and I was like, the only reason why I'm here is because I'm good at like working on a computer. Right. Which is so crazy. But then I was thinking about like artists, like big artists. Yeah. And I was like, that's the same thing too. Like they get to go on yachts because they're good at singing or like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Which is through computers. We don't have to get saying. too deep. Too fast, no, it is. It is true. I mean, you, you've, <laughs> devel- you've developed an entire career via the internet and being able to build off of sharing your content and creating content to give back to the world, I guess. Yeah. Um, I felt like half the audience just clicked out there. Guy, here's another podcast. Just No, but I think it's like, I think it's you, you've done a really good job with it. And I think, uh, I've been following you for a while and the shit is just, you always are pushing it. And, and you, I think your ability to collaborate with other creators is like a super key move that you've always, always implemented totally. into your yeah. shit. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. I, I, I think that was like the first thing I noticed was like, people don't like collaborating with people. And I really like went into like the psychological aspect of that. And I yeah. was like, why? And I was like, people just don't, they want credit for themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, what's more beneficial and i like played it out and it's like the classic like do things for other people with no return expected and like it's obviously gonna pay back that's and even fact. if it doesn't pay back it's like then that's not your crew right no that's and super move true on. and i was like okay great let's just act on that you and, know and i think another problem is like people always kind of look at it like a financial benefit too it's like well if i do this and i don't bring this person in then i make more money doing this and they totally. always look at that way but it's like yeah but i think if you bring in like the last video you just posted with uh Nigel, it's like yeah you brought in johnny fpv and just totally that dynamic right there with you two is yeah insane right totally no i i, I just went back to that post and i was like looking i was like man we brought in a lot of people and i was like that's it's like it's it's impossible it's impossible to lose or make something bad when you bring in really really good people right and like when it's a high stake campaign like the one we're working on with movement it's like okay i don't want to lose on this i can gamble a little bit and do it all myself or i could bring in really talented people to do their thing and it's gonna just work totally um i come from an ad agency background though so that's like why I understand that concept yeah. of like collaboration and like freelancers and contracting people because I worked for uh, an ad agency called Conscious Minds who like had Nike on retainer and they do like Super Bowl commercials. Wow. And there's like nine full-time staff and at like giving campaigns, they would have like 15 freelancers in and then the nine staff were like overseeing those people that were like really, really like badass at what they do. Right. And so I was like, that's really powerful and scalable and if you take that to a social space, people don't do it because they're like trying to boost themselves. Yeah. Where if I just see it as like, if you could bring an ad agency way of like executing projects, but on a social platform, you just look way more like yeah. badass. And you're like, dang, like you had the infrastructure to pay these people and the relationships to bring them in on. And, right. No, and it's super true. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's also, I mean, the benefit is, everyone's kind of growing socially, right? Like you guys all benefit in the fact of 
now you have followers, this person may have followers, whatever, and everyone always looks at that shit. But by collaborating, you're now sharing your art with this other person who now shares it on their channel because you're all proud of your work. That's creating this like funnel of, and that's how people learn about you. You know what I mean? Like they look now for you to then tell me about the new Ronin or whatever, and you're going to tell me about it, but I believe in it because I've seen all your work because I found you through this person who did this person and you did that job. So it's like that all plays a huge role in it too, which builds your, I guess like, I don't know, just like name on uh, in the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that builds up. So damn, that's interesting. I didn't know you did uh, yeah, the, an agency. I, th- I think, um, yeah, the agent, that's basically what it all comes back to is like the whole agency thing. Like when, when did you work there? Uh, in college. I, so my sophomore and junior year and then the summer, in, the summer in between, I was like full time or I was like three to, I was like part time for the first year, full time during the summer and then like a little bit more than part-time during my junior year. And then they were like, we need someone to do what you just built full-time. And I was doing all like admin developing, like like I was basically reaching like cold emailing people and being like, like Fortune 500 companies, but I would like hack the system and find their email. And like, I would have a fake email address. Yeah. (laughs) Like you, I would get your name and I would just try like the format of like first name, last name at um, like blackwithnocream.com. And right. then it would be like, oh, that bounced back. Like, let me go last name, first Man, name, that's boom. Awesome. Let me go first initial, last name. I just like did that. It was so tedious. But then when you got one, it was like the biggest win. And you're like, yo, I'm on the, I'm on the, like my biggest like claim to fame in the agency was like, and I don't even think anything came from it, but I got Stan Socks. Yeah. Like their th- like fourth or fifth year being in business. I'm wearing their underwear right now. Are you? It's fire. I've never tried their underwear. Their socks are amazing. Pretty though. dope. They're also like $50. Yeah, I know. Um, I got for free at a party. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go. What party are you getting free underwear? At? Uh, it was like an NBA <laughs> event, bro. They, they, okay, there you go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So the day, the day they signed their deal with the NBA. Boom. This is funny. The press release on it didn't come out till like 72 hours later. So they signed like a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal with NBA and they were the first, I saw a tweet and it was like some reporter that was tweeting it before anything. And it was like, Stan Sox signs multi-million dollar, multi-year deal with NBA being like the one of three logos allowed on the court. So there's like the NBA logo, there's a Spalding logo, or there's the team logos, and then there's like Stan Sox. And I'm like, dang, they like, you just broke the system. Like Nike's not on it. Right. Nike's not on the court. Yeah. And then, um, that, and then that next year they sold more socks than Nike. Um, and so I emailed like the two people in marketing and there's like this like system where you don't go to like the director of marketing, you go like two people down and I got our CEO meeting and I went into my CEO. was like, you're going to come into any meeting you book me. So I go, got to go to all these like big meetings, went down their office. Damn. We showed them like, a commercial that we had done for like a basketball thing that was like very like a basketball shoe that was very relatable to a sock on the court and we're like we could just do this for stan socks and it like you know like a lot of conversations went i think there was a conflict because they had a retainer with with nike right and so there was like a bit of a conflict there but i here i am like a kid in college like we're talking about multi-million dollar deals with the, the pop, most popping like sock company going out and yeah that's hilarious it, and so when you when you bring that into like a social media space it's like Oh, this is a bri- like I don't have to look for your email anymore. It's called DM, and and I got on that real early, like right. before anyone, before there was any filters. You didn't get a preview on it. You either clicked it, you didn't. Yeah. I got notified. You read it. You could email anyone. I was talking to like the biggest guys, and they were all like, every the response rate was like eighty percent. Even Jesus. if it was negative, it was like they were still responding. Right, right. But who are you? Who, who are the guys that you're talking about? Like who like, would you try to reach out to? I would just go down the rabbit hole. Like even if I didn't know them, I was like. It was like Chris Picard, who's like an amazing photographer. You know Chris Picard? 
I know the name. He's like, he was like Surfer Mags, like number one photographer, like, like lead director photographer. Right. And then he left and did his own independent thing. But like, hit him up and like got on DM. And so now I still have these relate, like I still have these thread, open threads. So yeah. if I ever want to reach out to him now that I actually have a portfolio, Bloop. it's like, like it's, it goes in their actual right box. Um, but I, I remember being like, Kanye de- doesn't have an Insta, or he didn't have an Insta, I didn't follow him, but he didn't have it. I was like, if Kanye had an Instagram right now, I'd DM him and I'd probably be one of 150 people. Right. Because nobody's DMing right now. Right. Um, it was Damn, like, that's funny. It was like right when Facebook bought Instagram and yeah. that was the first feature they rolled out and everyone was like, oh, here we go. Facebook's mm-hmm. ruining Instagram. And like, why do I need a messenger when I can just message people on Facebook? Right. But the gap was that it's like, Facebook are your, your friends. Instagram's like people you really like and admire or inspire to be. Damn, you, you took know? full advantage of that. Bro, every night, <clears throat> minimum three DMs was my was my goal. Really? Yeah. That's how I met Rory. My, I mean, right, the, whole, right, right. Like, the whole career thing took off. So then when you were at the the agency yeah as you're building that out you're starting to get these meetings to take off that's when they did they start taking your role more serious and they were like we need you to do this full time like you're doing this really well and like figuring out how to you know get us into rooms yeah uh no actually i they i started doing like a re, they want to do a retouching studio they had like some of the best like like we'd go shoot a campaign for nike and then they'd be like oh actually like we want this shot to be with like this new shoe that came out but the shoe's not made and here's the 3d rendering of it we need you to make it look real put right. it on this runner and then you have to change the color to teal <laughs> and here's like the kodak for the rgb color and like fix it in post do it and this guy was just like a ninja and they're like you know what this guy like we have the infrastructure to retouch on the highest caliber of commercial work right why don't we start a, like a, a retouching studio and they called it dark room at the time and so I was like the main guy to get people in the door for dark room retouching. And we would just go to like big professional, like traditional um, photographers and be like, do you have any photo shoots that you've done that you need like the background replace or whatever, right, right, like right. all this composition work or whatever. <clears throat> and it was like taken off and everything. And then they were like, okay, we need someone full time to be like managing these relationships, getting stuff in the door and like, and, but they're like, you have one more year of school. We're not trying to t- tell you to go away from school. How about you go, we'll hire someone full time. And then when you graduate, come back and you have a full time position. And then I always knew that like agency work was like, it was fun, but it, it wasn't as fulfilling because so many people have their hands in their project. Yeah. And like they, uh, and you, you're just like, you're gr- it's like crazy hours. You have to show up to an office, you have to work late. You're and constantly then, on call. And then you're seeing like freelancers pop in and like shoot and then they're making like, you see their, I got started catching wind of their paychecks. And yeah. I'm like, this guy got paid eight grand to go to like. A two hour event. A marath- a Nike marathon and yeah. like go shoot this in like France. And then, and then from there went on like this crazy adventure vacation thing. And then like probably tossed it to an assistant editor. And now this guy in house is like retouching. I'm like, right what right like this doesn't make sense and i was like at the time i was like i can never do that it's sick i really want to do that and i was creating but i had always respected like high-end production stuff and i wasn't like this blind like this optimistic kid of like oh like i can do that give me the shot i just need the shot i'm like yeah, if you yeah. give me a shot to do a nike commercial it's gonna flop yeah it's like, gonna be trash i don't know yet <laughs> i need yeah, to figure I, it out still i just knew like i just and I, I wasn't trying to like waste anyone's time and so i was like yo that like to get where he is it's gonna take a really really long time and i remember my mom just being like no nah, you can do it you can do it but and you I, weren't creating at this time you were like i was you, i was so I was you're doing, starting to yeah shoot stuff. I, I did my first like paid project at 16 for photography oh dope yeah damn where are you from Claremont, which is like an hour and a half away from here. Oh, two so hours away. you're pretty close. That's yeah, dope. born and raised in Southern California. Yeah, right. So at 16, 
Yeah. When did you start? I love the start? I love the business money side of it. So like my brother, my brother was two years older than me. He was like way good at video, but yeah. he didn't know how to charge for his craft. So like, I started do, like doing his deals for him, and then he made. <laughs> He made like he. Made, I would just respond to his email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, we come from like an entrepreneurial family. Like my dad owns his own business. Every, like my, I have three older brothers. Right. And even our older brothers. <laughs> I was the youngest, and everybody had like their own little like craft and hustle, and and our parents were just like not rolling in the dough by any means. And they're like, if you want to do stuff this summer, go make your money. Right. And like you'd be like, okay, well, how am I going to do this or whatever? So my brother made like a couple grand making videos in a summer. And I was like, how do I get a part of this? And so I chose photography because I was like, it goes hand in hand. Right. And then. Because uh, yeah. people were, were people yeah. hire, looking for photographers when they'd hire him? Yeah, they hired him. And like, oh, and we would just upsell. Like, right. yeah, you want to pack it, like a photo yeah. thing or whatever. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. When did you start shooting photography, though, prior to that? Uh, like, so yeah, 16. That was yeah. it. Like, yeah. the, damn. So you like, just saw the business opportunity and became a photographer because. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so close. I, I, I literally walked up to a kid in my high school. He's the best photographer. And uh, I went up and I was like, I want you to, I literally went up and I was like, yo, your name's uh, Keenan, right? And I was like, you wanna, I was like, I wanna get in photography. You always have your camera. You take the dopest shots at the school. It's like 3000 kids at the school. And I was like, what do I have to, I was like, whatever camera you say to buy, I'm gonna go buy it. Like, whatever you say, I'll do it. And he was like, okay, great. Like, what's your budget? What's this? And he's like, we found a good like camera to get. I got a 20D, Canon 20D. And, uh, which was off of Craigslist. Yeah. And, um, also, I had like 16 year old. I knew how to like run circles around everyone on Craigslist. <laughs> uh, Just been hustling. Hustling. So. And then uh, I got the camera. We got to like, we did like, we were like the assistants for the photography class just because like you didn't or the TAs or whatever and you didn't have to do anything like right. you had to like get the students their photo paper and so they can go develop it. And then once that happened, you were like done, chilling. you're chilling. Yeah. So then we would go out and shoot around the campus and so like every day I got basically like a 30, 45 minute lesson. And then he was like, you have to post, like take a photo and post a photo you're proud of every day on Facebook. I think it's still there. Wow. And I create, it's like the album's like life behind the lens. It was yeah, like yeah, the most yeah. cliche <laughs> thing ever. Um, and it's awful photos, but it's like, it made you take the, like, I'm going to shoot something every day. I'm going to edit something every day. I'm going to post it publicly every day. And it, and it, like that drive me to progress. And at the time you were seeing him share photos on uh, like all the photos of like at the school that was being shared on Facebook and stuff. That's where you were seeing his work or was it like the school yeah, newspaper I think or something? It, yeah. Facebook. <clears throat> so or, it's like driving you to be like him and share it. Like he's, he did that, which inspired you to get into totally. it. And this is before like Instagram, like Instagram ended up coming out, but it wasn't like, right. Like Facebook was the platform to be yeah, uploading yeah. these album kind of things. totally. Yeah. So, and then DSLR just kind of switched over. Right. Um, it trans it gave me a good foundation for like head, like head knowledge on cameras. And then, uh, I had already been like creative directing my brother with the videos that he was doing because he like he was I was like the cool kid that played sports or whatever and like I, I knew trends that were going around with like the popular kids right, right, right. and my brother was just like head deep in like the editing bay and, yeah like, full like, nerd didn't yeah did not care about like right. friends or like socializing because <laughs> like his he I mean he had he wasn't like a nerd nerd like he had friends and yeah, he had yeah. a, he had a blast but it was like he he didn't prioritize that. And so I'd see his videos like, this is so sick. You need to change the song. This is off beat. And I just always remember being like, that's like two frames off beat. And, right. I, and then it would be two. I could, like, I could eyeball it. Yeah. And so when I then got camera knowledge, I just needed to learn how to actually physically do what I wanted an editor to do. I had to learn editing software. Mm -hmm. So now I can look at something and be like, that's two frames off beat. Boom, I know how to do it. Bam, bam, and it's right. done. And like, 
So now my process is just so expedited. Right. Um, yeah, because you've been it's been a nace since the jump. So yeah. was was it, you know, strictly photography, or were you starting to dabble more in the video with him? Like, were you did you start editing with him and start shooting video as well? Or I was, was, it was I was just over his shoulder. I was like a cribs director, all the time. over his shoulder on the edits, but I was never hands on. Right. I was like, ah, oh, what if it did this, this, and this? Or like even with VFX, I was like, what if this guy flew off the building and this? And he was like, it pushed him to go like find the tutorials to do it. Is he still making um, videos right now? Yeah, so he he does like he he does more like <coughs> traditional um, agency, but he's he's even like on the brand and strategy side. And right. then every now and then he like has to create content That's for dope. it, but it's not like very content forward. Where like I get hired to make content. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, That's and sick. I I build strategy and like creative building in there too. But at the end of the day, like people are hiring me because they want a video for right, me. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so when you say you were sixteen and started shooting, what was one of the first jobs that you did? photography was that you got hired photography into. family photos family photos was it <laughs> it was yeah well how did you get the business you were just posting on craigslist and stuff and no Facebook? it was like i was like somebody from our high school and we were like yeah we do family photos that so we started like a little alliance with this guy that taught me yeah um we called it white citrus it was hilarious um <laughs> what? which is like what the hell is white yeah, citrus what, what is it, it? it literally was a cool name that we saw on a shampoo bottle my grand <laughs> i found out my grandma i found out my grandmother uses it actually Still? <laughs> it wasn't my idea but i was like ah that's cool let's yeah. run with it white citrus uh white just citrus. in the shower just um, <laughs> yeah, yeah what's your business so name? on brand yeah um and uh we so the guy that taught me photography had a brother. Right. So he was my brother's age and he had a younger brother that was my age and the younger brother did video probably just as good as my brother or just about as good. Right. So it was like two sets of brothers, one younger, one older. And it was like the, the older brother on their side did photography. I did photography. My right. older brother did video. Yeah. His younger brother did video. And we just created an alliance for like bigger projects. And that was my idea. I was like, I watched the social network. Yeah about Facebook whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember being like livid afterwards I was like this guy had an idea it's it I sound so dumb but I'm like this guy had an idea and he just like suddenly became like a millionaire right I'm like so mad like why can't I have that idea <laughs> yeah. like what makes me different like why like I understand I can't code and do whatever but like the idea of a website where people got together and whatever like the right. idea of Facebook in itself like, why didn't that come to me? Like, also, I'm like 15 right, at the right. time, 16 yeah. at the time. I'm like, why didn't that come to me? And I got super mad. I was like, how am I going to make money? And then I was like, how am I going to, like, do it differently than any other kid my age? And so I, like, got all these – I, like, introduced myself to these kids. I'm like, you're the best at the school. My brother's the best at the school. I want to be the best. You're going to teach me. You guys are going to make money. I'll get deals on the table. And <laughs> – and we just like, they were like, all right, cool. And I was like the hype man around it all. So then it was, it was White Citrus a, your business or was yeah. it just like you guys would share jobs with each other? No, it was like a, it was it a was business. Like a legit, yeah. I and mean, everybody had their own side thing, but it was like, if a big project came along and it was like, okay, we, we need like, it. like say a wedding, like you need two people to shoot, right. whatever. And so like, we even did like a few weddings where it was like, okay, great. You two are going to shoot photo. We'll shoot video. And like, Damn. And then you guys will collaborate on the video and share the work. We'll share the work and we'll just knock it out faster than, than anything. So did this technically become like your, I mean, everyone tends to get like jobs between like 14 and 16. I don't know. Is this like yeah. one of your first jobs? No, I was a baseball umpire at 13. An ump? Yeah. Tight. Do you play baseball? You I play, play baseball. baseball until Dang, like, that just hit me right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, so so I I played I went to college for baseball. Oh, I didn't get that far. I like, made it to like high school and called like it a day. Nine years old, like full grown men drilling into your head that like you're here for a college scholarship. 
Like who, that's what you're working who's towards. Your coaches? Yeah, like right. I, it was like dead serious. I played I played baseball year round every day basically Damn. from eight years old until I was. No, that's not fair. 20. I'm from Iowa, bro. We have wind, snow. Oh yeah, comes. No, no shot. You know what I mean? So that's we crush teams like you. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> and that's, it was just because we played year round. Yeah, that's not fair. You Fuck. know, and when it was raining, like we just went to Arizona and drove out for tournaments. But like, uh, like Bryce Harper is on the Washington Nationals, and like played with Bryce. Like I played against Bryce, like in tournaments and stuff wow, like that. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was just was thick, yeah, which huh? was which was really crazy. Um, but the what position you play? I was like second base and out like a little, every I was like utility player but yeah. like I was like the one person in my club that like actually played I caught one out which qualified me as a person in my like academy um to play every position right which was the first person this academy's been going for like 30 years what the fuck um and like the catcher got hurt and they like we were in like this massive game and the guy was like yo you play every spot like throw on the gear went and caught like three pitches and then that put um, yeah, you on the it was, board. It was super funny. Damn. I didn't even know how baseball came up, but uh, first job you were an up. First job was an up. Little league was going, and like you made thirty five dollars for an hour and a half game. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you were like a base umpire, and if you're behind the plate, it's like forty five dollars, and you could do three games on a weekend. So you're making like eighty to hundred bucks. Yeah, that's dope. As a thirteen year old on on a day. Right. On you're doing bait and so and I played at the little league, so I was I was the youngest employee and the reason why we did it me and my friend did it because we wanted to go to the boston red sox game we want to fly to boston we want to go to red sox game because we were, we were red sox <laughs> there's fans. always a plan with everything that you do it's not just Dude, like eh. our parents said yeah but you have to like raise the money for it right and they were like dope we need to get jobs we went and became umpires we raised the money and my friend's parents said no that they, they couldn't go yeah he was like nah like you can't go and we're like are you kidding me we just worked so long to like basically save up like a thousand dollars as a 13 year old right and then uh, they canned it. They canned it, and then I just remember not even arguing because I was like, "Oh, I got a thousand bucks in my pocket. Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, right. I didn't even care. He's like, "Fuck the game." <laughs> we care, but I got yeah. My first job was thirteen. I was an umpire. Damn. So then, when you started doing your photography stuff and, the, and building this business, that became kind of your main move throughout high school. Then, or what? Yeah, yeah. At the like, we just got like odd projects, and then um, and then college, the same thing, and small businesses, and. Um, I did like a fundraiser. It's called Be Perfect, or um, they raise money to support people with like uh, spinal cord injuries. Mm. Um, one guy at our high school um, ended up getting paralyzed from the waist down, and uh, started this foundation. And he, yeah, he we, started I, I saw, or you started? He, it? he started. Oh, okay, it. It. And then and then they run <clears throat> they run like a they run a fundraiser every year and a half, and they raise like over a million dollars. Holy in, shit! In one night, and then they basically use that to support other people who like have these accidents don't plan for it and right. then suddenly you have like a insane you know, bills yeah half a million dollar bill or whatever Damn. or like the physical therapy in it right is so expensive and it's also so niche that like so you built a facility that like has these unique like trainers and and equipment to do right. it so i was doing the videos for his um for his events because at the time it was like live performances and speeches and stuff like that and there was no like media element to it and i was right. like what if we did a montage of like <clears throat> all these like paraplegic or like different people. I'm also just so bad with the verbiage. I'm probably like offending people with like, oh, <laughs> he's. I was stoked on it. Was so, yeah, it's a good cause. I'm putting so much hours and like, th like I was like, yo, there's guys that like off road and they have like their off road vehicles, bro, insane. Situated to where like the gas pedals with their hand, they can control the whole car with their hands, but they're like paralyzed from the waist down and they're just like mobbing or like 
one guy swims like far and like yeah. has done like an Ironman and you're like, how? Like you're in a wheelchair and like, how do you do the swimming part? Like, how do you do the biking? He does a hand bike. And, so like, would you make like micro docs about yeah, stories so, like that? So it was like, imagine like a lifestyle montage of like, you basically like an inspiring one that's like you can do anything kind right, of thing. Right. Like here's somebody like skydiving, here's somebody doing this and this and this. That's cool. Yeah, totally. And then that inspires like other people that are at this like foundation of like and all these people have trained at that facility. That's what was cool about right. it. It was like all these people were getting better um and being healthy at this like training facility. Damn. Um yeah, totally. And to like help raise money and stuff like that. So you know do you know Ken Block? Yeah. Uh we did one my homie was in Afghanistan, lost all four of his limbs over Damn. to an ID and bounced back hard and prosthetics and all stuff, but they modified a car for him, like a van. And it was kind of like that. But he was like, wanted to drive a regular car. And we like duct taped his, we got like a lawnmower. I don't know if you have lawnmowers out here in California, but we have a lawnmower and there's, (laughs) to turn a lawnmower wheel, there's like a knob, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I know you're So we took the knob. That's what they have on this, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we hooked it up there and we like taped his hand to it and then we like taped his foot to the clutch and like we would like shove it and do all this shit and we were like drifting in the snow, made a whole video and challenged Ken Block and then he eventually like saw the video and like brought us all out to ride with him and shit. It was so cool, but it's like. That's amazing. The way that they're able to adapt to the change in their life when certain things like that happen. And then yeah. programs that are set up like that, it's so impressive. Like it's so needed too. So that's, totally. So with the videos that you would make would that, like, would they share it to like get people amped that were there or would you use that to like market the event? Um, it's mainly for the event. It was a little bit of both. Like yeah. it would like play afterwards and then they would always like recirculate it to like push the next year. Right, right. Um, but it's it, primarily, for but the it became event. a thing of like, after the first one hit, it was like the second thing was like, we're coming for the video, like we're coming for a lot of things and like, but we're coming to like watch these like super inspirational stories and videos. Play Damn, out. that's dope. Yeah, which was cool. How long have you done that? Was that early? Uh, that was I, early I did then? that like in like my, like my first, like right when I started college and right. I did that through college and then I kind of like transitioned and handed it off to somebody else that right. like helped out a ton. That's dope. Yeah. Damn, dude. crazy. What about you? I feel like podcasts, people always just talk about themselves. <laughs> no, nah, but this do, one, this was always like your story and shit. Joe totally. Rogan's is like, let's just talk about fucking whatever. Let's talk about whatever. Yeah, that's true. Speaking about Joe Rogan, uh, I was just listening to this alien one that he was talking about where okay. this UFO dude, like a pilot was driving, caught a UFO. My intern over here, Adam, he doesn't, I told him I was going to tell you this. I was like, <laughs> I've just been telling everyone. His homie said he got abducted by an alien and doesn't like to talk about it. Who's homie? Joe Rogan? No, or? Adam's homie back there. Damn. Joe Rogan was my segue to come up with him telling me that his homie had gotten abducted and it was strange. So I just wanted to talk to you about it. How do you feel homie, about aliens, bro? Does your homie do drugs? That's what I said. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, no, he doesn't do drugs. I'm just saying it sounds like. Yeah, but there's no proof. That's what I mean. That's what I right? feel like that's okay, going to be a hard topic. Awesome. Yeah, it's a very hard topic. We aliens? won't do a Joe Rogan, uh, a Joe Rogan thing. I, I don't know. No, but this is I a, like this the is idea, like uh, the idea like of everyone, like us having to like restructure and figure out like how we're going to live with another like thing. Yeah, it'd be wild. It would be wild. Like that sounds, but that's just entertainment. Like that's yeah. just people craving entertainment. Well, that's probably the problem is like if we wouldn't glorify it oh forever, like then it might not be something that people, but what I thought was cool that Joe was talking about, he like interviewed a pilot, a Navy pilot that caught, you know, it was like on the internet a while back, it got like caught on camera and he was like tracking it and like they released the footage from the government or some shit. I don't know. So he's talking to that Sorry, guy. I'm not scouring. YouTube I know, I know. But it, I remember it popping up on CNN. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? An alien? Dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just started listening to it. Anyway, random ass sidebar. I know Dave's probably like, don't talk about this shit. Let's like, don't do talk that. about you. Don't do um, that. 
No, it's a, I just do, want to hear your story. Do your follower like do, does your audience know and fully understand like your full background, where you come from? Like, did, have you ever done a piece on you? And, yeah, like, what you've done. I did. After where is that? Uh, it's on here somewhere on okay. our on our. Podcast. But it's you. Ta- it's you talking about your story. Yeah, I had my homie Andrew. Um, so my homie Andrew put me on when I moved out here and, yeah. and he directed Chris Brown's documentary. So he brought me in Sick. to do that, which I thought when I was looking up something, I saw you, you did the same thing for Rory, like reached out and did the drone video yeah. for, uh, for the Chainsmokers video, yeah. which is dumb views. Absurd. Insane yeah. views. I know Jordan. Jordan's a homie. That's your like, come up though. Is like you got brought out to help direct something. I, I got brought out and co-direct or co-edited the film with him, Sick. but I came out just to do shit, just yeah. to try or whatever. And but how then, did you build off that? So I, you know, I started editing there and then I'm starting to meet people while I'm editing Chris's film. Then Got I it. started editing his music videos that we were doing in between time. And then yeah. that kind of picked up steam. And then like Schoolboy Q, I went on tour with him, yeah, which is like my first real tour. That's tight. And, and then, what, just from a relationship? I'm like, yo, come out. Uh, South by Southwest. I was at South by Southwest randomly and shot someone that was affiliated with the, one of the, yeah, that's how you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they brought me out. I always love people that are like, you, where you live or where you are or your proximity doesn't matter like if you crush it there's so much stuff online that people will find you Crazy. Which, which is true because it's like but that's true for like 2% of people that's yeah. like that's like the real innovators but for like the other 98% like you gotta show up to South by Southwest and you gotta go yeah if I got, didn't it you gotta be in LA you gotta right. like help film podcasts you have to like you just gotta be doing something and helping out in any way that's one of the most important pieces yeah. like if you don't you have to go to where it is and me being in iowa it's so i was mad like when people tell me that doug it's <laughs> iowa what am i supposed to do here who yeah. who there's some great filmmakers like indie filmmakers and shit that live in iowa and slipknot that's like totally yeah what it is but other than that i'm like i gotta go like that's where shit's happening that's what i need to be in the mix mm-hmm. when did you decide that you needed to come out here was it after college you were um, I had I never, because I was so, I was so close to LA, but never like, cl- like in it. Yeah. I've never like actually experienced LA. That's what, that's what's fucking crazy when I interview people that are from Southern California and they're like, yeah, I was always like 30 minutes away, but I just never went to Hollywood. And I'm like, what? Yeah, never. Like never went to, like even in college, never like went out to like a proper L- like West Hollywood club. Like that just wasn't a part of my scene. Right. And like I grew up on the outskirts where it's like an hour away from everything, like an hour from snowboarding, hour away from the beach. Yeah. Like I always either like snowboarding or at the beach. Right. And then there's like an hour to the desert and then you're an hour from like downtown. But like that was always like, oh, you just knew there was traffic and you're going there and like what's in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, I don't have friends out there. Like who am I going to meet up with? Why would I, why would I go if you're underage? Like you're not going to like cool, like you don't really care about going to nice restaurants or like, you don't even get in entertainment from that. So it's like, I'm gonna go to the beach. Right. And like, so that that's kind of like, I never experienced it. And then um, it wasn't honestly till my senior year of college where I was like, there's this social boom happening online and there's guys that are freelancers that are like working in these ad agency things. And like, like the one I was working at, right. but then they're also like, like they have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram at the time. And it was just like, this is insane. And they were now starting to get like paid for brand deals, like post about it super early on. And I was like, dang, what if I just tried for like a year to like make as the coolest stuff I've ever, just whatever I thought was cool, which seems to be working around the people that I'm around. Right. Like what if I just make that and, and like put whatever soundtrack I want to it and whatever. And I just make no money. It's not money focused. So my senior year, I like, Moved back on campus, out of, like from a house, because I knew I was just gonna like charge every weekend, 
like out to adventures, but I still wanted to see people. And if I was on like an off-campus house, I wouldn't see anybody. You were previously living off-campus? Yeah, so I moved back on campus my senior year. And uh, just to be like, so, like school would just be like a walk away. Right. I didn't have to drive anywhere. And then on weekends, I just like sent it. Like, right. Big Sur, Grand Canyon, like Horseshoe Bend, like all these different like iconic photo locations. And I basically was shooting like what we know as like the travel adventure video. Right, right, right. And but I feel like you're early, like, because this is funny that you're noticing this at the agency. This is also during like, I would imagine like the Vine era of like. Yeah. Because I feel like, like a little Vine, bit before Vine. Because didn't Vine, like, I feel like to me, Vine, brand deals, that word, yeah. like in the influencer world, I yeah. guess took off when vine started getting so insane all of a sudden like yeah, people are totally. getting paid 100 grand to t- yeah. make a six second video but i i caught wind of it this agency before it was like public knowledge it, like, happening. Like, people didn't even know this was happening until like a year or two years ago right like our parents didn't know you could actually make money like it took, nah, it took yeah. that long right but like the two years prior like everyone's sleeping like i was out but i was getting like ripped on in college my senior year people were like what are you are you hosting like insta meets because insta meets were happening you and were hosting them i wasn't hosting them but like they were happening and it was all like the really, really like true hipster guys that were like doing the jumpstagrams and everything. Right. And I wasn't like that dedicated, but I was like going out and I was like, Hey, anybody who wants to go camping in Big Sur for the weekend and has it, you have to have a camera and you got to be ready to shoot. People were like, Oh, like, why are you taking this so seriously? And why are you <laughs> posting all the time? And, yeah. And, uh, meanwhile, they just like went to a frat that weekend and told, just yeah, hate it was, their life Sunday. And it was, yeah, it was like, I don't know. It was, it was weird. And, uh, I just did it because I and I loved making the videos and I loved like not having a client tell me what to do, and um, so I, I went and did that and then I forgot even how we got on this topic. I always blank on some nah, of my stories. Well, basically, to it. yeah. The, but basically, like I like um, senior year, I like really got into my style and I was like, this is what I want to do. Oh, how did I move to LA? I, I got in my my style and then uh, yes theory. Um, nobody, most people don't actually know this. Yeah, yes theory's like, channel is great, but I don't know this. Fun fact you're about to Yeah, tell me. totally. Uh, I the same week I met Rory, I met a guy named Dave Lingwood who was on the Buried Life okay. MTV yeah. show. Yeah. Um, four dudes, hundred things to do before you die. Kind of forgot about that show. Flexed Rory and I was like, yo, I just hung out, I just hung out with Rory. This is what I shot for him, like on a hike. I can do the same for you. End up meeting up with this guy who like I grew up watching on MTV and he's right. like, Yeah, let's go surfing in Malibu. Skip class, meet him, and then uh and then I go to Malibu. And then from there, which is like a three hour drive for you. Totally. So you had to just hook up, haul up to absurd. Yeah. Damn. I met Rory in Malibu too. And, um, and I left, we did sunrise. So I left at like, like three in the morning. (laughs) Shit. And, uh, and then I fast forward a couple years or a couple months. And then, uh, this guy, Dave Lingwood from buried life hits me up and says, Hey, there's this group called generation. Why not? Which is what yes theory was called before they were yes theory. Oh, dope. And it was like, Generation Why Not, they're like starting to pop off. Um, they need an editor. They just signed a deal with Snapchat where they're gonna release like week, like daily content on Snapchat Discover. Um, and they have like an editing budget for $4,000 uh, a month to edit for, like full time for them. And, yeah. uh, and also shoot. Skyped them, worked out. I flipped to Canada with them and then we road tripped down in the Tesla Model S right after it launched all the way down to LA, or to Venice where they, they moved in to like do the Snapchat thing by the like They drove office. the car down to move into that house. Yeah, and we Damn. made shot, and I shot content with them and everything. And that's how I got to like know them was on this road trip. And then worked with them for like two months and then I was like, Venice is popping. Yeah. Venice is where it's at. Right. And I was like, I need to be here. 
and uh, were you were you editing from campus or were you editing so on I, site? So they, what's funny is I did this road trip, and then they were going to go to Tokyo for their first big like content thing, and they were going to like do like like 15, 15 days in what in Tokyo, and right, do right. fifteen videos in fifteen days in fifteen different spots in Tokyo, something yeah. like that. And I would have had to skip my college graduation. And at the time, it's like new contract, four thousand dollars, like uh, Tokyo, like with these dope people with Snapchat, like I should skip my college graduation. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to finish this, do it right. Damn. Graduate and then go. And they were like totally chill with it. Oh, that's good. And then, which was great that it didn't ruin the deal. They came back and then we did the Canada thing. Oh um, shit. Okay. So yeah. that worked out. So it worked out really well. And then, um, so I was graduated. Right. It was like literally like a week later after graduation, I was in the full time editing work and uh, I was travel. I was driving from Claremont to Venice, which was like two over two hours, and it was like every day. Every day, it was so dark, bro. Like I, I was trying. I was like, I need to get an apartment. I have like money coming in to do it, and I, I just, I would get home at like eleven thirty at night. There also were just like I was like editing to like seven. Right. I was like, oh, I'll just edit late, and then I ended up like showing up a little bit later to like skip a bit of traffic, so it saved me like a half an hour. But then I had to stay late, and then we were doing like a video a day, like a seven minute video a day from, from Snapchat, f- from footage that I didn't, didn't even had never shot or seen or anything. So, so like you scrub Amar, Amar would be like, this is the structure of the thing. Go through the footage and find it all and do this thing. So it was crazy. We're doing like a seven minute video a day. That and would, would go to the YouTube channel or that was the Snapchat thing. Snapchat. So it was like, it was like a, it, it was one original content was coming out on Snapchat. So it was like yeah. an original Snapchat series. And every day you were supposed to be able to like see a new adventure from Generation Why Not. And everyone was watching seven minute videos like that? Yeah, obviously Damn. they like, they've learned. Yeah, so like, yeah, And we were the first vertical original series. Wow. Like nobody, nobody was doing it. So like everyone's thinking about like, how do I shoot vertical? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've thought about like, how am I doing this vertically? Right, right. And now you just like crop in, there's like higher end cameras to do it. Yeah. But like even three years ago, like 4K footage on a DSLR, like there was very few mm-hmm. things to do it, you know, and like, cell phone footage wasn't like passable enough to do to like crop in and right so we were like there wasn't even like gopro mounts to like support it we were just jerry-rigging everything yeah. to shoot vertically it was crazy um and uh I, I would get i would get home and i wouldn't even have time like i would i was so tired i kid you not i was like i can't even look at apartments like i, I don't even have time i almost I'm like trying to be like, I'm an adult, I'm independent, I don't need my parents. I almost went to my mom, like, mom, I need you to find me an apartment. I <laughs> cannot look. Yeah. This is my budget, that's where I wanna be, <laughs> right. whatever. And so I ended up spending, I, I was like, you know, I DM people every night, I was like, I can apply for an apartment every night or like schedule an appointment and I'll go during my lunch break. And so I would basically go from the office, get lunch and I would eat it while I was touring like studio apartments in Venice Beach. And, and then I, I viewed like three and I was like, I don't even have time to do this. And I was like, this is exhausting. I was like, I'm just gonna pick one. One was a six month lease. So I was like, ah, But you only months. had the job for, for how long? Two months, was a contract? Two months, it was supposed to be five months. Got cut short to Oof. two months. Yeah, and then, uh, and then I had this six month lease for $1,600. Right. So I worked two months, basically made eight grand, signed up for whatever, six months. And I was like, oh, damn, like I need to start making some money real quick. But the day I stopped editing for Yes Theory, uh, uh, Rory hit me up and was like, do you want to shoot the closer? Or he didn't say, do you want to shoot the closer video? But he's like, hey, I need a drone operator for for a music video. Do you want to help out? Right. And um, I was like, yeah, actually, I'm free tomorrow because I don't have to go to work. And uh, and then we shot it. And then 
when I remember when I heard it, I was like, dang, is this Drew singing? I was like, this is going to pop. Like, this right. Is sick. Yeah. I mean, the, I pulled it up just to have it. So, cause I knew we'd talk about it. And currently as of right now, 2.4 billion views. Bro. Let's go. And you did all the drone stuff for that. All the drone stuff. And then I like helped like get the car to get like a little bit of like producing stuff of like, we got the car together um, I helped like a little bit with like coloring. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor Cut ended up like coloring a lot of it. Um, shout out to Jordan. Yeah. Shout out Jordan. And then, um, yeah, mostly the drone stuff. What's super funny is I left early too. Like I had another drone thing that was paying me like $500 in Manhattan Beach. Right. And uh, I, that's how I got my come up too. Like everyone was hiring me for drone because Rory like put me on the map as like, oh, he shoots drone, the drone footage. Guy. Drone yeah, yeah. Toy, and then closer popped off and like he shot all the drone footage. So then people were like, if I need a drone guy, let's do it. And this one, like the Phantom 3 is out. So there's like no good drones out. Yep. Or that's like the best drone <laughs> market. And I knew how to fly like a savage. Like yep. not even just like flying it, but like cinematically, I knew like I had read them. I never read any of the manuals. Like I knew every button, everything, why it would be act like if something acted weird, I knew exactly what was happening yep. and I could control it safe. Um, that's exactly, I, that's the same way I, when I got out here, that was how I got the whole Chris thing anyway. Really? Cause I started flying the drones and they were like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. Or we'd yeah. be on music video sets and they didn't even have it in the budget. And I just like, Hey, I could get a shot of that bridge if we wanted to use that. And they're like, yeah. really? And then it's all of a sudden you have like placements in these music so videos. Sick. I'm like, what the hell? That's yeah. Drones are the key. Totally. At the time. Yeah. And now then everyone's got Rory's, Rory's friend uh, <laughs> who runs Gusto 35, mm. Javi, I think some other people run it as well, but uh, he hit me up for like a GEZ like tour trailer. And then, and he was like, you got to meet me in the desert at like five in the morning for sunrise to shoot like the Mustang. And then met him. I was, I was so sketched out. I was like, yo, you need to Venmo me tonight. Like the yeah, night so before. We're going to the desert. Yeah. Skip class. And then, um, I got that and then I ended up getting asked back to do another another uh, drone thing for them. But like LA, I knew Venice was like a big thing for me because opportunities, like all my opportunities were like the night before, like meeting Rory, meeting Dave, Dave Lingwood from Barry Life, like this, this uh, G-Easy thing. It was like all the day before and it was like you had to drive really far. Right. And I was like, if I was just in LA, these next day, last minute, like fire drills would be way easier. And then I could probably honestly like go meet with them the day before and like start creating relationships totally. or like be a little bit more hands on or like, you know, after the shoot, it's like not a big deal that I have to give you all the footage now. Cause it's like, Oh, I'll just come by your place and drop it off or whatever. And it's like a little bit more personal. You're seeing, yeah. putting in more FaceTime. And, um, I remember telling my mom, I was like, I just, she was like, why Venice? Like it doesn't, like so support my parents are so supportive but they're just like oh just like make have it make sense to me like what what's going through your head and i was like snapchat's here facebook's here creatives are here there's a lot of executives there's a lot of like new buzz in venice and all these people have to go to lunch eventually and all these people are like, walking around the city and i was like i just feel like i'm going to be walking around and i'm going to like be able to like meet people without <laughs> so even <true>. trying <clears throat> so and true i was like i feel like i'm just going to be able to like go to breakfast and like bump into like a really important person at Snapchat. Yeah. And uh, she's like, okay, whatever. We had that conversation, I kid you not, two years later. Um, uh, what do you call it? I, right. I, finish, uh. I finish this original content with uh, Yes Theory. They move on. I get my own Snapchat series. 
I do my own Snapchat by yourself by myself. I'm like the lead talent. I'm filmer editor. But at this time, was your socials starting to bubble or what? A little bit, not really. I was just making cool. They didn't care about your socials. They just wanted to be entertaining. So they were just like, yeah, we don't care. You have you have a background or whatever. Like people just want to see cool stuff. And uh, I remember it got approved in episode one launch. My mom came to Venice and we got breakfast like 9 a.m. and like the like head CEO of the company that was doing all the original content for Snapchat that like flew Yes Theory out and all these things and like helped them launch. He comes in and he's like, he's like Liz Murdoch, who's like a very, very influential, powerful woman. Right. It's his, like her right hand man. He comes in and comes up and goes, hey, you're Jeremiah Davis, right? And I was like, yeah, what up? He was like, your, uh, your episode launched and like I just got done with the meeting at Snapchat and they said it's the highest performing thing on the platform right now. Damn. And like we're, we're really like we're really excited about your series. Like we we haven't seen anything like it in front of my mom. In front of your mom, you look at your the mom. The first day, like, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, we're at breakfast yeah. in Venice and a Snapchat. Like very important person. I told that. you. I'm like, let's go. Damn, that's yeah. crazy. It was like it was probably one of the coolest like Venice moments. Yeah, just that's gotta I was be. Like, you were taking all this risk and like, you know, it just comes full circle. Right. And your family like just cares so much that you totally, you yeah. know, you make it and then to have that moment in front of her is so sick. Yeah. So dope. It was a dope story. I feel like I don't tell that story enough. She probably tells that story all the time. Maybe, know, maybe it doesn't, yeah. maybe she doesn't, I, feel I don't like know we if she both just blacked out and we're yeah. like, this is happening. Right. Wow. That's crazy. But at the time, so you're saying you personally feel being in Venice makes it a little easier to access things versus being in LA. Have you ever lived in LA? Yeah, it's, uh, I haven't, no. You just always stayed in Venice. Straight from college, I went home for a month, and then I moved straight to Venice, and I haven't stayed anywhere there. else, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, also most, I'm also, like, home, like, half the year. Right, true. Too, so it's, like, um, part of, I, I think it depends on what field you're trying to go to in creative. Like, there's definitely a more, like, modeling, acting, commercial celebrity focus in West Hollywood. Totally. And there's a more, like, indie uh, innovative, artsier kind of like scene in Venice. That's like you're doing travel adventure videos, um, branded more. You're doing like, more brands. You're doing more lifestyle like stuff. And then, and then like West Hollywood, it's like you might be doing some of that, but like you have like a really good noticeable model or like a like a really good looking person or like a really flashy car, right? Or like you're shooting it for a magazine versus mm-hmm. like whatever. You know, it, it's more like uh, traditional, yeah, of what you would like expect to see where uh venice like creators and west side creators are like i'm going surfing and i'm totally. like i'm traveling and i'm doing this um for in they're like on the move more yeah you know? like venice is just kind of like their pit stop um but it's also 15 minutes away from lax i pay like i pay like <laughs> you're so lucky bro i, I pay like 12 dollars, and it's a 15 minute car ride so to jealous. lax which is like you drive an hour maybe an hour and a half Definitely do. And pay $80 for an Uber. Sucks or ass. like you just burn a friend and yeah. like drive me to the airport. I know, please. right? <laughs> uh, so which true. is crazy. And like I grew up doing that and, and I was just like, this is so, such a breeze. And I'm, I'm there all the time and, and it's just like, it's so nice. No, that's amazing. I was just thinking about how I have to like literally like fly back to Iowa real quick tomorrow yeah. and then come back and then fly right back to New York. And I'm like, I don't want to do the next, like go back there again. Yeah. No. That's the worst part. Yeah, you're it's right. Crazy. I think that's an interesting perspective of like Venice because I love Venice. I have um, one of my homies moved down there and he does a lot of commercial yeah. work and ad and campaign stuff. And so he's always in that world. And we're always like, dude, you, you get so much more for your money the farther away you go from there, obviously. So it's like yeah. as far as space, unless you're like living with squad or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, 
that was always the argument. And he's like, dude, it's just the same thing. Every time I'm out, you meet people when you eat. Like, it's yeah. the same theory. Yeah, you, yeah, just there's, it's so cool. Like, even West, I'm sure it's like you have a little bit of that at West Hollywood, yeah, but yeah, it, it's not. It's it's in it's in. Um, I feel like it's more expensive because you you bump into people like at places Solo or setting. Yeah, yeah, shit. like at like at physical places. Where in Venice, there's a, it's actually the only place in my mind in L.A. where there's a walking culture. Mm. Like New York is a walking culture. Yeah. Like you walk everywhere. Like Venice, there's like there's this huge section that it's like if you live there, you just walk to go for a walk. Right. Or you like walk your dog around or you have like your coffee here or you have your meetings here. And like right. when I was working at that office, I walked to work, I would walk to lunch and then, or I would skate and it was just like, you run into people on the street yeah. or like at a coffee shop or like where traditionally, I feel like in West Hollywood, it's like, there's so many people that like, you're not running into anyone at a coffee shop, you're running into them at like a Soho house or yeah. something like that. But well, and it's almost like you anticipate that shit. So people go to that space to do that. You totally, know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm here for this, but if I happen to bump into person, you know what I mean? It's like, it yeah. Kinda, is it, do you feel like, all right, cool. So if you're in, if you're in that area, you, that happens with the Snapchat stuff. So when the Snapchat, if it's the highest performing video, what yeah. happens after that? How, what, what's the next turn for you? We did, um, you're saying like what, what happened with yeah, that? Like he's saying, yo, that's the highest performing video ever. And you yeah. had a series. What was the series? It was called Without Limits, which funny is it was their whole thing was like, it actually sucked. It was like you put out an episode and it disappeared after like 48 hours. Right. The original content stayed for like, and then it turned into like, it stayed for the week and then they updated their Discover feed every week. Um, but the now it's searchable. Like you can just type in Without Limits and you can see all the episodes laid out and everything like on that. On Snapchat. Yeah, on right. Snapchat. Um, also, this my, my conspiracy is that I'm not verified on Instagram because of this series. Cause I've had like so many people push me through like very powerful people, like chain smokers manager pushing me through and be like, Hey, can we get Jeremiah verified? And like, they're like, we can't at this time. And they're like, why not? Like, look <laughs> at all this press around yeah, here what and the all fuck? this and like billboard and Sony alpha did an article yeah. and like he did the music video and all this stuff. And it's just like, we can't at this time. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, literally a chick that only shows her ass and yeah, never see so her bad. face it's got so verified. That's yeah. crazy. But, uh, um, I mean, I don't, whatever. It's like, I'm still going to talk about it. It's such a cool, like time. Yeah, it's so cool. Life. Yeah. And, uh, b basically we did seven, I think seven episodes and like the first one was like Sam, me and Sam Kohler, we went to Fiji and we went, um, uh, shark diving with like out cages and there's like eight foot bull sharks. Psychopath. To yeah. So, and it was Crazy like, it was shit. like a travel adventure thing of like, I'm a photographer. I get it. I have to travel for clients and then I like either I get to go back to those places to experience it for myself or I get additional time off from my project to go out and explore. Right. And so that was like a, one I did with like, uh, with Olav and it was like, we have to shoot this festival in Norway, but also Olav knows professional snowboarders. So we're going to go snowboard. But like it, all the snows melted, so we found the last patch of snow. And we built our own ramp, and then like had a truck like tow this tow person in. And so it's like, sick. and we shoot these like. And then my job was to to take photos and videos of this professional snowboarder. It's like weird. No, it's tight. So was it was it legitimate jobs that you had planned, or was Snapchat like, hey, what do you have coming up that you're actually traveling for, and can we turn those? It into was both. Stories? Some it was of it both. was man like the Fiji one was manufactured. Like we didn't have anything going on, yeah. but I had I had 
I'd lived in Fiji for five months for on a study abroad. Right. And I had done the shark dive and I was like, this is the crazy, I would love to go we back go with back. like real cameras yeah. and like shoot it properly. So then when that comes about, how did the, how did they structure that deal? Or was it just like, Hey, we want to pay you to do something. We also were down yeah. to send you somewhere crazy. Totally. Yeah. So the, what's funny is Dave Lingwood from buried life. And I ended up becoming really tight with him. I was like, can you come in and manage this deal? So he like represented me wow, in a lot of meetings, hard. which is so, it's just full, so full circle. And that's um, so helpful for you. So helpful. Like, yeah. Um, basically it was like, you get paid a couple grand, like you get paid like 2000, $3,000 for, for an episode and right. then they cover all production costs. So, so it's like, sick. but like production costs was like me and a friend going to Fiji, staying in a hotel and like renting jet skis for the week. It's like, we probably spent like seven or $8,000 right. on, on production alone. And then I get $3,000 kickback. That's on the sick. End. There's another story editor that like builds the structure of it. And then I would just come on whenever I wanted to like add a montage or whatever. So, oh, so they were cutting it for you, which is cool. Yeah. Oh, but it was all my direction. Tight. Like if I didn't like, I was an executive producer on it. So like if I didn't like the video or if I want to change anything, I had like full authority too. I don't think people understand that this is like you getting an MTV deal five totally. years before that. Like you having the ability to go on a Snapchat, which is one of the biggest social platforms ever yeah. and have a full series. It was popping then too. It was like, it was, that was yeah. the time to yeah, have totally. it. Totally. I mean, you were like innovating that shit. And it's like to have that then, I don't think people understand what they, nah. cause I think it's crazy now where I'm like, like the other day I, w- I did this random ass thing where I was on ABC and it was like this, like some sort of segment where they just had like a couple creators get together or whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever I'll do it. And it came out and I don't think about it. And I'm yeah. just like, damn, if I was back in Iowa and this shit happened, I'd be like, yo, I'm on ABC. This is yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like, they had me on the show, but now it's just so common, but there's so many streaming services and yeah. ways to obtain this content that doesn't seem as big as it once was, but that's as big as you drama being on Robin big totally. or whatever. What's crazy is I, f- I feel like uh, distribution is, is being so overlooked right now. Like there's literally agencies that just do distribution. So basically it's like you, like you're Nike and you spent a million dollars on this campaign. You would then hire this agency to like distribute it, it. So then create like a, a, a strategy and a package that like cuts it vertically for people's stories, cuts it like for in feed, like four by five. And then we're going to cut it like extra wide for like this, this, uh, the, the screens at the Grove that are like a super right. unique thing. And then we're going to put it there because that's a prime demographic. There's a Nike store. Yeah. And then we're going to like push it to this like publication, do articles. And so they help out with like the amplification of it right? because it's like, and no, nobody invests in that right now. Mm. Like, you're, we're, we're spending an hour or two here. You're going to go through your process and you're going to push it. But it's like, I don't know what your, your post-production process is, but it's like, what, like, what if, like, I don't know if you cut stuff up and you like send it to me and you're like, Hey, can you push this or whatever? Yeah. But it's like, that's like a distribution package, totally. you know? And it's yeah. like, what, like even one step further of like, what if you had a PR person that's like pushing your, whenever you have a big guest, that's like actually like noteworthy or something like that. Right. And it's just like, there's a, there, I don't know. There, yeah, like some, there should be an article. It's just like Ben interviews Chainsmoker, right. like director, like content, yeah. director, whatever it is. And then, and then that's like, now there's an article about your podcast. And it's like, there's an article. And it's like, oh, yeah, if you're interested in this article, you can now listen to the podcast totally. and just push more people to it. Yeah. But everybody's overlooking that. You spend like 60 hours on a video just with Nigel Houston like- and it's tight right now. But next week, like it's dead. So do you, are you, interested in that like is that where you like for this video with Nigel is it like what up creators I want to remind you about our community at jointhehomies.com the homies are the squad of legends who support what we do here at Black Window Cream so we can continue to build this platform into the best educational space for content creators on earth 
And in return for that support, we give you a bunch of sick perks all month long, like access to our live stream tutorials and hangouts, bonus podcast episodes, and so much more. Check us out at jointhehomies.com. Let's go! Your job, or do you feel like it's your job to make sure it's getting distributed, or do you put that on movement to like make sure that they're... Yeah, so, so this what's funny is this whole movement contract, we've been working on it since like January, and we're doing six different videos that all have like three rounds of revisions and like that means then they also have to be cut different ways for social and for we're basically like exporting 20 videos for yeah them. i'm doing a bunch of shit like that with da right now and it's like you yeah. just it's yeah crazy. i'll give you one by one a vertical and 69 and this and this yeah. and, that, and you're just like damn why did i say i would do all that <laughs> yeah no i mean just like the exporting alone is like a whole nother process yeah. but like it's just, at its core, it's five different videos with five different creatives and Nigel was just one of them. He's probably the biggest collaborator, like uh, collaboration that we're doing, but it's a it's like a beast of a project and they're hiring us on as like the creative agency behind it and the production agency. So like- Us being what, you have a company right now. Is yeah, that- so like that's another thing too is like everybody, uh, some people know of Reese who's my, like I call him my manager. He's really like a lead producer content, um, like project manager. Right. Um, but he's like full time with me and he queues up projects. Um, like we have a call with movement today and it's like, if I can't make it, he's on it and right. he's pushing it forward. He's writing notes and then he briefs me in and he's like, yo, you're, you have to deliver this by tomorrow. I blocked off your schedule so you can edit tonight and this, right. this and this, whatever. And, uh, he just, he knows, every, he knows everything. He knows all my passwords. He knows yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. If my amazing. social security is still on, it's Reese. It's Reese. <laughs> putting that on record right now, Reese. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we have a, we have a small team. And then what we were saying about like bringing other people in is like when you're traveling with artists, like it's the coolest thing in the world. It's probably, it's great pay at first. And then you hit this wall of like, oh, I could get paid on other stuff. 10 times more. Than 10 times more. But like there's still value and it's still fun. And it's like 100%. a cool opportunity. And I think the biggest opportunity is like the network you're able to build. Mm-hmm. So I've been keeping these contacts and I now like when we have to shoot something in New York, it's like, boom, let's hit up this guy, this guy, this guy that I've met on tour with people or whatever through these other opportunities that might not pay me the most, but they give me these Access. this network and these vendors. Yeah. And so we're kind of putting that, we're treating this campaign for movement as like a traditional like process, like right. but hosted by me, Reese, and we've got like some interns and we have like a business manager. And so it's like, a, it's there's like five of us full time that are on this. And then now we're also contracting Johnny FPV, right. uh, Zach Moxley down to film, who's right. like an amazing cinematographer um, and, and getting like big players on to like help shoot so this sick. stuff. Yeah, Such a good we're process. shooting a whole behind the scenes too on it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but we I launched a How We Made It series. Yeah, on we were YouTube. watching them, they're great. Sick, yeah, so we season two's done. Yeah. We're like, we're launching that pretty soon. And then I'm, we have like a whole like official BTS of every video we've done for movement. So like the Nija thing of like me talking with Nija and like actually Figuring trying it what out. to do like right. a really sick perspective of all this stuff. That's just so helpful too, because when you watch yeah. it, you you're cutting the stuff and I'm like, wait, all right. So is that old footage? Is this new footage? It's like, when do they do this? Like, this yeah. is sick. Like how, you know, that answers so many questions for creators that are like, how totally I, we post, I posted when I told everyone you were coming on the thing in our community on the Facebook group. And like right away, it was just like that first shot. How, you know what I mean? And yeah. People don't understand what an FPV drone is yet. Like we yeah. just used one in a music video the other day and people sick. are just like, what is it? You know, they don't understand. Yeah. But uh, I think that's super valuable. Everyone needs to make sure they subscribe to the channel. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, subscribe. So going back before, all right. So that's like kind of current right now. When you linked with Rory, 
I feel like things kind of escalated that way. Rory kind of put you onto obviously that yeah. music video that brings on more drone jobs and things like that. Yeah. What? What? How did that relationship grow? Because you reached out to him originally, right? Yeah. So at the time, he's kind of crushing it. I think he was. What was he working with Bieber? And he had. He, uh, yeah, actually, he had been working with Bieber. He had already been working with Bieber, and yeah. like the first message, I was like, "Yo, what? Uh, this is actually really funny." Is is Bieber like um, I'll show you music video in Iceland comes yeah. out and I'm like somebody told me that was directed by Chris Picard which was that photographer I told you about oh I'm right like, is he doing video now like this is crazy and he he like came up and blew up off of like kind of innovating and like exposing Iceland online right um, he's like one of the first really really okay, really big cool. photographers to do it right and then I go and look at the director's credit and it says shot by or directed by Rory Kramer and I'm like I know that name from Blau, when mm. I was listening to Blau in college, he was like a smaller DJ, and Rory was making all these videos, and I was like, no way that this guy went from Blau, Blau to, Bieber. to Bieber, and I was like, what? So and then I was like, I have to message him and just be like, yo, congrats, whatever. Right. Classic, like, let me know if I can help carry anything, whatever. It doesn't respond, and then I realized, like, okay, like, treat this like an agency thing. Like, how do I bring value, and how do I get my foot in the door? And I was like, look, you don't have any drone footage in any of your videos. I fly drone. Like, I'll shoot for you whenever for free, whatever you want. Like, I'm in LA, let me know. And he's like, Can you shoot something this weekend? And I love that's that. how it happened. Dude, that always happens. Like, that's how it all, yeah. If totally. you just get that lucky little moment where, yeah, some, oh, yeah, I actually do need that. Because the hardest part is like, like you saying, I'll carry your bags and shit. Yeah, the day that he thinks about, it, I need to have someone carry my bags for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it he's not like gonna he, find he, he didn't get there also by having someone carry his, like, right? It's such a it's such a bad message. Yeah, well, we always talk about that on this too because I think that's a huge issue yeah. is reaching out is like a it's an art in itself. Like, oh, being able to, literally, my career is built off of like the art of reaching same, out, same, same 100%. Here. Yeah. Like there's so many probably better or like better guys have better gear kit or access to things or connections. And it's just like, I just built this from the ground up purely off of being able to like reach out properly. Right. There's such a good way. Like there's such a right way and a wrong way to do it. What would you say is the best way you could reach out to someone? Uh, Three sentences max Mm. and like skip all formalities. Right. Like, Hey, I'm Ben. Who cares? Why are Back. you leading with your name? Yeah, I already see it. Like that is half of your preview. Right. Awesome. Like this guy now knows your name and he moved on. Right. And he doesn't care. Right. Like you're out. Yeah. Gone. Never again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I always kind of feel bad now because like like reaching out to people to get podcast guests, yeah. if it's someone I don't know, I'm like, what if I have like three sentences, that's it. I'm like, I hate doing this, but I'm like, Hey, what's up? I shoot stuff for Beyonce and Jay and I like all these people. And yeah. I just like f- try, I hate doing that part, but I'm yeah. like, just please take me serious. So you continue to read the, what I have totally. to say next. You and, know what I mean? And, and like you, it is what it is. Like you have to do it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you've also earned that right to yeah. say that stuff. Like yeah. you've, it's not like you just did one off project with them and you're right, like, right, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a flex, but that's just, that's, that is the climate of right. There's a reason why I'm doing the podcast and how I use that as like totally my 100%, avenue. You know what I mean? Like 100%. that's it. And uh, so three sentences, three sentences, straight to it, um, and then bringing value. Obviously, yeah. I, I was. I feel like I've had some other like really really bad, bad examples or like the best practices. I don't know. People people are funny these days. It's hilarious. Um, actual value and like anal I guess like oh also like being mysterious is now working mm. um like like some guy like if you have followers like if you have like a good number 
like literally just putting yo. Yo. And you're like, what do you need? Like if you just sent me yo, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, what's good? Like, yeah. what, what do you want to do? Like, are you, and it's just like, does this guy want me to help him out with Beyonce? Right. Like, right I would right. check you out. Yeah. I would then check you out. Yeah. And then it'd be like, does, does, does this guy want me on the podcast? Like, does this guy need me to help him shoot? Does this guy want to shoot with me? God, I love that. Right? I hope people listening to this start just hitting yo. you with yo. But I've had guys do it. and But the first thing that they're going to do with the yo is like, who the hell is this guy? They're going to look at your numbers right away right in away. that preview message right. before they even accept it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the numbers for it, it doesn't work. Right. But um, what does work with low numbers is audio messages. Nobody's doing audio messages. Dude, audio is a yes. big platform. It if is. I sent you a blind, and I'm saying this because I've op- two kids have done it to me, and I've opened both of them. Because you're curious. Like, what could you possibly say it to is, me in an audio? It is audio? the nature. It is the same. It's the original nature of the DM, right? Like right. some random human sent you a message. <laughs> Why on earth would this person message me, right? That was DM. And you're like, yo, I've got three DMs. Yeah. Like, well, gather around. Right. Like, we have a hidden message and who knows what we're going to see. It's like Russian roulette. It's like, wh- what is it? It's so exciting. Right. So you open it and then whatever happens, what happens? And then that's what an audio message is right now Fact. on DM. And... There's no preview. There's nothing they can just skim through. And even if it's like you have a thousand followers, like I still, and it's also very intimate and human. Like yeah. if I called you, cold called you on the phone, it's kind of like a little weird. Like I haven't talked to this guy before. I'm about to hear his voice. He's right. about to, we're going to have like a real time dialogue. I'm not right. going to have no, and everybody wants time to like think about what they're going to say and be composed. Yeah. We're like, audio phone calls and stuff that it all kind of blends together of like a very intimate moment That's so true dude so like you have a thousand followers you send me an audio message i'm just like all right i'm, I'm listening to this like, right let's go yeah what do you guys uh, say and it's also gather around this kid sent me an audio message like let's <laughs> let's hear what he has to say let's roast his ass uh yeah totally whatever <laughs> and uh the first the first one i got was this guy said yo uh i saw that you that chain smokers posted your video i do strategy for like content creators and I really think you're missing out on an opportunity because you're just reposting their same content versus posting something about yourself on the same day that they're posting your video because if they post your video, people are gonna click onto you and, and if you supply them something that's informative about you, then you can convert them to be like a fan of you versus just showing them the same video. Great advice. And I was like, that's genius for one. Two, this is audio. And he's like, hope you're having a great day. Like, let me know if you ever need like any more strategy with like, we would love to pick my brain or you're whatever. Like, yes, keep these audio messages coming. And I was just coming. like, this kid's a legend. Yeah. Like what? Um, I got another one like two weeks ago and this guy was just like, yo, just like a kind of like a typical, like you're, you're an inspirational, like an inspiration, like your content goes hard. Like I, I check it out every day. Right, right. And like, yo, like keep up the work, like looking for that new merch drop. Like, keep just it fan, up fan shit. but like it was like it was like good energy it was yeah. a vibe and the guy sounded cool and i was just like and it's so easy to respond with i'm like yeah. i'm gonna respond with a voice message i'm like yo what's good like right. thanks man i appreciate it hope you're having a good day boom that guy's mind's blown yeah now he's too, like I responded. Ah, responded. <laughs> it took me half the time to respond it's Fact. just like it's and there at once upon a time before instagram there was also like those apps where you just like it was like a almost like a it was just like a voice DM or yeah. like you just it was like a walkie talkie yeah, yeah, yeah. and it saved in you clicked in it was audio messaging right. but that like popped off for a second right because right? people are interested in it people like you're totally. talking to and someone. it went away and whatever but I, I like the you're more right. people get busy and they're driving in cars like we're already talking to Siri and stuff I send voice memos for like feedback on like when I have vendors do videos or something I'll like I just do it by voice or if there's like a big revision or like I'll have Reese put together a pitch deck I'm like yo we have this thing 
with DJI. They have a new product. Right. This is what I want to do. We're going to Croatia next week. Let's do like a three page document. And I send it to him and then he just starts. And Building. it's like, yeah. I don't have to type anything. It's yeah, so save good. so much time. But that's the new way through DM. <laughs> I agree. I had someone else tell me that too. They said like video, sending selfie videos to reply to someone. Who it, said that? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Fuck. Bob is doing that. Oh, it was him. Was it, it was him. It was when I was on his podcast. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. He said, he's like, yeah, dude, I just fired up. <laughs> it works. It works. But I did have one. I remember there was one. So, so Black Window Cream is also like a Facebook group, like a private Facebook group, right? Sick. There's like 6,000 people in there and I make it kind of hard to get in there. I haven't been invited. I'll, I'll send you an invite, bro. You on Facebook still? No, uh, uh, not really. No. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. I'll invite you anyway. We'll see when you get it. But anyway, uh, he, he, he told me that, but I remember there was one instance, I think we were at Coachella and we were getting ready for, for Beyonce to perform there. Yeah. And we were like driving. I don't, Dave, you remember this shit? There was like an incident. Someone talked shit about someone. I don't know, but the whole goal of the group is like positivity and like we kind of wean out the week by, yeah, we don't need anyone in there talking shit. And someone said something and I was like, kinda, I was started typing shit and we're like doing shit. And I was like, this is, yo, yo, fucking blah, blah, blah. And I just started like spitting off whatever it was in yeah. real time and just posted it. And it just solved the problem. Me having to type shit. I got everything off my chest and just wow. like fulfilled Amazing. that need quickly. But it's the same fucking thing. And I think audio is so aggressive, like in that mindset that yeah. it's almost weird to do it and no, it's uncomfortable. But when I think you video, hear it, video is like very, it's like one step further to intimacy. Like you have to look someone in their eyes then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a no, selfie video. Yeah. And like, also on Instagram, you can see a preview of it, and mm. it's just like, what if people don't like the way you look? Yeah, that's true. Like that's a real thing. Right, it sucks, but yeah. this is the, like that's the world. And like, I've turned down video messages of people that are like this. I'm like, okay, is this guy talking at me? Like, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I think you do audio, and if you have like some good responses through audio, then you could do a, a, right, a right, video right. message. Step but it also, it's like, why risk it if you have a good thing going yeah, with the audio? Yeah, true, 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 true. If you're like have a new contact. People so, will click on the, the selfie video though. When you when, when you start when did touring start happening for you? Because I mean you've done you've been traveling all over the yeah. place. You've traveled literally like fucking everywhere on earth, I feel like. Yeah. At this yeah. point. You've been it, pretty much a everywhere. lot of it was through touring yeah. and then Yeah, then brand deals came and, and yeah, just trying to go anywhere and everywhere I could. Um, I started actually traveling in college. I did a ton of study abroad and like summer programs. Oh really? But the first tour was um, was Justin Caruso. Uh, mm. I hit up Rory and I said, yo, can I shoot? Can you connect me with Blau? He has a show in LA and I want to shoot for him. Ironically, that was the last day Rory was in town before going on the Purpose Tour. Yeah. So he ended up showing up. He connected me, shot it. It was at like Exchange or whatever. And I had never been there. The club downtown? Yeah. 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 And uh, I show up. <laughs> And I, w- I got super sick. I was like, had a fever. Oh shit! Like snots pouring down my face. Like it was so bad. And then uh, I made a video. Tur- I pulled an all nighter, turned it in. I'm like dying at like three in the morning to like send this through. They send it, and then they get back to me and whatever. We do the video, and then I get a call like a week later, or an email from Justin Cruz's manager and says, "Hey, like Justin Cruz is playing opening for Griffin at the Observatory. Can you come shoot it? We can give you a hundred bucks." and like a couple tickets for whatever your friend. And I'm like, hell of a deal. I'm like, let's go two tickets. Yeah. What? And uh, you were in Venice at the time. No, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in college. I'm senior, okay, so senior earlier, of college. Right. And then, uh, Justin doesn't actually have like an official slot time for Griffin. It's like, they got approval to put up like a table while the changeover was happening from the actual opener to Griffin set. <laughs> it was crazy. Damn. It was so dark. It was like 10 minutes. It was like a 15 minute set <laughs> in between. And there's like production guys like bringing out drum kits and like moving like a full right. band stuff out. Damn. And like the, ba- it was just so bad. And, uh, 
I didn't even know what he looked like. Like, the, like the manager did a really good job of like hyping him up. Like he's got all these streams on Spotify, and I was like, who is like who, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. That's his. That's his Reese. And yeah, totally. <laughs> and he, uh, I end up going and I and I shoot it. He never puts the video out. It was just like it was awful. We joke about it now because we're boys. Um, and then I end up shooting uh, a festival for him, and I. The, it was Freedom Fest, which is like put on, like it was like the first year, it was like a USC like entertainment okay. project actually that got like funded or I don't know what yeah, it was. Right. It was the first year. I put out a video that was better than like the guys that planned it. The festival planners like, oh, your video was better than our festival video that you made for Justin Damn. Crusoe. And uh, I like flew a drone illegally. Like they were like, we weren't allowed to have drones. You got drone footage. Our guys didn't like, how, like what? And yeah. um, so then tour invited, or and then he ended up opening for Blau on like 40 dates across like over the summer and it was every weekend. So then when I graduated, it poured into like summer of like, uh, Oh, every weekend it was just shows. Sorry. There was like a, there was a gap. There was like a, like, there was like a four month gap graduated, started working with yes theory. And then they're like, Hey, we're doing this tour. Do you right. want to be a part of it? Um, I ended up finding out that my recommendation, I was like, how did you guys even find me? Like Justin Cruz, I'm like, what? And they said, we're good friends with Blau's team. And I said, hey, I need a really cheap videographer for this observatory thing. And they're like, yeah, this guy came out and shot for us. And he was like pretty cheap. He was half decent, super cocky, thought he was better than, <laughs> thought, he was, thought he was better than he was. This is my recommendation, thought he was better than he was. And he got hammered at our show. He said I got hammered at a show. Did you? I was, no, I was sick. And I took a sip of a drink that Blau poured for me and was like, yo, dude, I really appreciate you coming out and shooting like <laughs> yeah. any friend of Rory. You got like the flu and they think you're just Bro, fucking I was, shady. I was so bad. And I was like, had like a Red Bull vodka or something yeah. with, with Blau. And, and I was like, not going to turn down a drink with the guy that brought me out. Right, you know? right. And of like, course. It's my first conversation with them. And, uh. And he said, I, yeah, he said I was drunk and I was like cocky and whatever. And I was like, man, I was just, I was just like, had a fever. Yeah. I just want to get the shit done. Yeah. And, and it was a hundred bucks. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and, uh, they so then he was like, so I was like, and then you hired me off of that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yo, but you crushed, like you made actually a cool video for Griffin considering that it was like the worst thing ever. And then the festival thing, they were like, okay, this kid actually has something. Right. And then the first, the first show on the tour was in Arizona and Purple Lamborghini just came out because he's an opener. Yeah. We have like openers is like are fun because they don't have original music typically yet. Right. Like small guys. Yeah. yeah. So you just get to use like whatever banging track that's out there in the world. Then now it's probably a little bit harder, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Right. And so I used Purple Lamborghini, which was like so hard that like I think even like the pop culture scene kind of was like, is this type like right. before we bump it really, really hard yeah. everywhere. And then like I dropped, dropped the video two days after purple Lamborghini came out and People it was like crazy. Justin Crusoe raging in Arizona on his first tour opening for Blau. And it was just like, what is this song? Who is this DJ? Why does he go so hard? Yeah. And like whatever. And it like, like managers were emailing Crusoe's managers and being like, who's this video? It's so like well done and whatever. It's still one of my favorite, favorite videos that I've done. It was like, yeah. it was like, it's just hilarious. Maybe it's just sentimental to me as well. Right. But it's not bad considering there's 200 people in the crowd and it's like a dark club. Yeah, you made it look crazy. Yeah, and it's like, a, it's an opener. And uh, and so that I toured with them all summer long and that enabled me to like turn in videos every week, make a, the same show look different, right. and tell a different story. And I took a similar 
like approach that I do now of like showing like the authentic behind the scenes of being in that city, then playing that show. Right, right, right. Um, and which obviously is like a cliche now, but at the time it was like, oh, you're getting more than just the show. Yeah, which I think is like the documentary aspect or like the, you know what I mean? That, yeah, totally. That, that's what every music video is like. We want to see the artists like being on set and doing something, but I think that yeah. that's what makes people attach themselves to the, the worst I think is when you just see a show recap and it's sick, but it's like everyone's figured out how to shoot a show the illest way possible until Insta 360 comes out with the camera, or GoPro comes out with the 360 camera. Now we have to figure out how to work that shit into yeah. it, or a drone comes out, we gotta figure out how to work that shit into it. But everyone can shoot a show really well, but it's being able to find a way to authentically show yeah. whoever it is that we're following, right? Like totally. in their element or whatever they're doing, because that's what fans like look forward to on top. They all can see the show too. Like they, yeah. That's the only thing they can pay to do. They can't go pay to be on the bus or one hundred percent fly the jet or whatever the totally. fuck. So that tour picks off, and then when's the next tour that you do? Um, that wouldn't seem like it was also just like forever. It was so it was because it was spaced out over every weekend. We were on it for a minute. Um, yeah, were you flying into cities then? Yeah, was it fly. We were, you yeah, just we're fly flying, everywhere. Yeah, and then uh, I'm trying to think. After Crusoe. It kind of like laid low a little bit. Um, and I think he did like a second round with Blau. So it was like maybe like four or five months off. And then we did another round. Right. But at that time, I think like Snapchat, like I was getting my Starting own Snapchat to do all that thing. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. Basically we, everything me and Reese now, we say everything happened in 2017. Like we don't know, like, we're like, oh, when was that project again? Cause like people would ask me like, oh, when did you do this? And I was like, ah, I think it was like a year ago or maybe like two years ago. And then Reese is like, no, it's we always find out it's like 2017, yeah. 2017. But like, you look at my, I want to do a video and I've tr I've like tried making it twice and I've just like stopped it. It's so hard to find like all this old footage. Right. Just file organization yeah, is not yeah, my yeah. specialty. I feel you. And it was, well, like 2017, like I, I was just a yes man. Where in 2018, I like I had like my girlfriend and my and Reese, like basically who's also like my best friend, basically be like, you need to learn how to say no, not for the sake of like your career, but for the sake of your friends around you and your health as well. Like right. you just have to say no every now yeah. and then. Also, just like it's a smart business thing. Fuck yeah! But for the first year, I just like anything i was on it like i was on it yeah yeah, yeah. we say that all day long so yes so you can say no it's like you yeah. have to like otherwise how is anyone ever going to find out what you're capable of it's doing crazy yeah so and yeah and, I, and opportunities were flying at me and i was just at i was i was so frustrated in high school because i wasn't that kid that came up with that crazy idea or i had the opportunity to like prove myself and now that I was getting those opportunities i was just like ready to step up and like yeah go to go to bat for it right and now I'm working with the same people I did in 2017. And it's because I like crushed an early on project and they might throw me one or two projects a year, but when that's 20 different people, you've got a pretty full year now. Oh yeah. So that's th sick. That's kind of where it all started. So when did, when did the chain smokers, like if you did that video doing the drone stuff, that was seemed pretty early on. When did, yeah. when did your relationship with them start to develop? Um, I met them. I shot behind the scenes video for Rory's all we know music video. And that's when I first met the guys they did like a cameo in the video at right. a liquor store and I did, Roy was like, hey, this is the guy that shot the drone footage for you guys on the closer video. And they're like, oh sick, like you crushed it, thanks man. Right. That was it, yeah, they yeah. bounced, they did a Vegas show. No respect for the drone guy, man. And no respect, no respect. <laughs> it was a dope intro, like I appreciate that. Yeah, no, the fact that plug. Roy put that connection together though too, I was like, that's tight. He could have been like, oh, it's my friend Jeremiah. And then just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, oh, they know I've already done good work for them. Right. 
did the behind the scenes. They saw the behind the scenes and launched on their like Vivo. And then uh, Rory, like, basically I didn't do anything for them for a minute. And then Rory, I just always created, had a good vibe with Rory. And I always like pursued having like an actual friendship with him over like work. Plug me with yeah, all yeah, of yeah, your yeah. connects that right. you've worked so hard for. Because at the end of the day, like Rory's a fun person to hang out with. And I was like, I just need friends in LA that yeah, are trying that. to like go cliff jump and do fun stuff. Right. So I did, uh, I did, I like, I sent Rory like a, um, like a group on for skydiving on his birthday and like random stuff. Like I was like <laughs> sending him stuff, even though like we weren't, we hadn't hung out that much. And then chain smokers end up booking, um, end up booking the LA convention center with biggest show as like a, their like hard ticket, hard ticket sale. Right venue biggest show ever and then that's then they go to do um lake tahoe what's that festival in the snow um snow globe oh yeah right they do snow globe they come back for like 15 hours and then it's like the new year's eve run of they did like colorado and then arizona in one night and rory at the time had like a very 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 big uh, I think his I think his family was they were doing like a family vacation. I think his dad like at the time had gotten diagnosed with cancer. Oh yeah, right. And then he had this like fan. They were going on vacation and stuff. And Rory's like, I have to go. And like, basically told the guys like, I can't do this run with you. Good for him, by the way. Totally, that's like, hard to so, do. So much respect. Yeah, like, yeah. It, and that's such a cliche for like I feel like your audience is like, oh yeah, people who are like are established or like have good opportunities say that's hard, but it's like as soon as you don't go do that, like it could easily have been this where yeah. he could have not gone, you come in and then he they never call him again. Right? Like you can yeah. lose jobs or lose relevancy as totally. soon as you stop, which makes it like this mental challenge it's, we deal with all yeah, the time. It's terrifying, man. You work so hard for that relationship. And that's I made it very and I, I thought through that and I always told Rory I was like you all like I will even give you a percentage of whatever right. you give me with chain smokers if you want to hook me up. But like you always have like priority. And once I started, so basically he like was like, Hey, Jeremiah, I can do this for you guys. I trust him. He's worked with you. He loves your music. He's all for it. He's he, like, we hung out. He gets the yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets, and that's why I click with Drew and Alex and I'm still working with them today. Right. It's like, I think I got to hang out with Rory and I like me and him like clicked and he was like, this makes sense. Like you guys are all in the same like, yeah, vein of yeah, like yeah, people, right. and uh, so then I helped LA or uh, Roy ends up flying in for the LA show and then flying out immediately. So I helped shoot the LA show, which the, was like a good like segue. Yeah, and then and then the next day I did Snow Globe independent first gig ever. We flew private. Just you? Up. <laughs> You're just we, sitting on this jet. We days. flew private up and then we flew private back down. Um, and funny story with that, I was on antibiotics because I had gotten wrecked in India. Yeah. And you can't drink with those. And my girlfriend's a nurse and I was like, can I, like, chain smokers are gonna be drinking. Like the classic, like, chain smokers party every night. Like, I gotta I'm, party with the boys. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, come on, I'm on a PJ. Like, I gotta I'm like, can I, can I, can I, like, drink? And she's like, you can't. Like, you're on these things. You can't drink with antibiotics. Like, it can really mess you up. Send it. And, <laughs> and she was like, you know, and I was like, I was like, I have to be able to have, like, if they were like, let's have a cheers moment, like, I can't be like this new kid that's just like, oh no. Yeah, you're like, like trust me, this always happens with these uh, DJs, man. Like ever since that totally, first yeah. show, we always cheers at the end and just drink a little bit. Yeah, and uh, and I end up like stop taking antibiotics so I can, so it's like not blending the two or whatever. And she's like, that's safer than than just yeah, trying to do the two. Responsible. Um, but uh, 
they like didn't even end up like drinking or anything. We drove straight. <laughs> we, 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 go, we go straight. We go straight. We go straight back to LA. We play the show. We go. We fly straight back to LA that night. We landed like two in the morning. Right. Um, do that. Take like the sleep that day, and then I go back over and meet up with them, and then we go do Colorado. Strew's birthday on New Year's. Go up. And so we like not even. We just go to a nice dinner. Um, hang out with them there. It's just like quality time, right, too, right. you know? But this is great for you for bonding-wise. Like totally, yeah, it's a real jets, time. like you're small, you're like around yeah. each other. And they can see that I'm not like freaking out and being like, not flexing on my own like Instagram. And I'm right, like, right, I'm here right. to do a job. I'm here to not be in your way. I'm here to document it like enough to like, to show what you guys have done in this run, but not like overdo it and right. be annoying and have you do stuff that you guys want to do or like set up shots. Right, right, right. So I was a fly on a wall, whatever. And I end up like turning around two videos for them in like three days. After the one run. of them, one of them, one of the link gets buried. Yeah. So I did the snow globe edit. Yeah. And then I did the new year's like double back to back snow globe edit gets buried. They didn't see it. Like apparently. in emails. Yeah. Like I, I cause it, it was on the same email chain. And I remember hitting them up like two weeks later and I was like, Hey, can I, I was like, can I, can I post this? And they're like, what are you talking? Like, post what? What are you talking? Like, I was like, can I post a snow globe at it? He's like, where's the snow globe at it? And I was like, I sent it to you before the new year's one. The new year's one ended up being like a big deal for them. They dropped Paris. Oh, okay. So it's and like Paris's birthday. It was Paris's birthday basically. And they, they gave me the edit, the song early and they're like, can you make this the thing? And we're going to drop it like the day before You're the just song. Like, <laughs> so like my video was like the first piece of visual con, like the tour video was the first piece. Of That's content, dope. Which was really sick. And, um, uh, yeah. So, and I, I did a funny video for them. I put like a cool runnings audio, like <laughs> soundbite in it, which I was like, this is such a bold move. Yeah. You're like what if, if they don't know cool runnings, it's like what's going to happen? They're like what is this? Right. Feel the rhythm, feel yeah. the vibe, like or like something like that. And uh I was like they're going to either love it and I'll be just the in. Le- yeah, the man. I'll be in. Yeah. Like this guy's funny, it's yeah. a dope original video or they're gonna be like this kid is so weird, like why on earth would you put this in there? <laughs> and I was like let's go for it. Like it's already a Hail Mary anyway. Right. Like they've got Rory on board. Like they don't need me. Yeah. And um, and that also Rory's advice always in video is just like do what you want to make like what mm. you think is cool whatever regardless of the client. I was like, all right, that's a rule done, and we're gonna like apply it here. Yeah, yeah, smart. Did well, and then um, I ended up going on like a European tour with them, probably like a month and a half later. Wow. Yeah, which was like fourteen shows in fourteen days in fourteen countries. It was crazy. All flying? Maybe 15 days because there's like a day to get over there. You're flying and we're flying commercial in Europe. Ryanair. Ryanair. Like the, like it was absurd, bro. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. They're like, there's not even like, not even for me sake, but like for Drew and Alex, there wasn't, there's not like premium economy. Like everything is just economy on Ryanair. Right. It's like, it's like the worst in Southwest of Europe. No sleeping. It's It's crazy. And it's it's like, it's like a two hour flight, but it's like, an hour to get to an hour to get to the airport hour of security and waiting to board and then two hour flight and then travel to the hotel or whatever yeah another hour or two on the back end it's basically four hours of traveling to get plus the air the flight time and you're cutting videos on the road or on the planes um, and stuff like that no we they were like we rory does a big like five minute video at the end of our tours make a five minute video and i was like i've never done a five minute video (laughs) i'm like (laughs) I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. 100%. I made one for Justin. I did like a full tour. I was doing like one minute things for Justin, but I did like a four minute video for him. Right. But that was like over the course of like three months of shooting. And this one was like a week. And I was like, 
and then we're like, okay, Rory does it, you do it, and Damn. be as good as Rory. And I was like, okay, let's go to work. Like, yeah. let's do it. So what was the what, Rory didn't do that tour because of his family's issue? Actually, don't, I don't. I don't know why. I forget why he couldn't do it. I think maybe he was either doing stuff with Bieber or he, or, or I actually don't yeah, know why. Like MTV but I know or... I know I called Rory and I was like, they're asking me to do this job. Like, why aren't you on it? Can I do it? Yeah. Do you have any advice? Whatever. And he was like, go do it. I can't do it. Whatever. That's dope. That's good um, that you guys had that. For like two or three years, it was like that. Like I call, so not two or three years, probably for the first year and a half, I would call Rory or I would just forward the email and be like, they're asking me to do this. Yeah, what's up? Are they going? Like, I just don't want them to like ever go under your toes right, or behind right, right, your back right. and like make this weird. Like, yeah. you, this is your client. This is your gig. This right. is, I'm just like filling in wherever they yeah. want you want me to, and they want me to. Where Where do you feel like? Like, was there one moment that you feel like escalated your, I guess, whatever you want to call it, likeness on the internet or the abil- ability to build a fan base for yourself? Was it just slowly by working with these different artists? They're sharing your content, like management starting to find yeah. you. Of course, fans of filmmaking are going to find you. Um, do you feel like chain smokers like escalated that a little bit? Totally, yeah, one hundred percent. What I think is what was hard, and I, I saw all these like fans coming in. It was like I don't want my whole fan base to be like yeah, it's tough chain smoker fans, which is so hard when you work with influential people. We have I have a friend that works with like a Viner, and he has a hundred thousand followers. And when he posts about anything the Viner, else. yeah, or anything else, it's like he gets he gets you know he's getting like like twelve hundred likes, and right. then or like his engagement is just like the worst. And right? I'm like, okay, so like it's dope you have this platform but this platform doesn't work mm-hmm. and you can't do brand deals now and because it's not associated with this other guy right um and for me it was like okay this is important that like people are seeing my face yeah wow and so i i started peppering in like one photo every three every three posts was like about me or of me yeah um whether i liked it or not I was right like, i just have to do right, it right right um, and so you have to build yourself as a character behind that, that tag or whatever. Totally. You know I mean? And I think that's part of it. And then also like I was, I'm, I was doing like fun and cool stuff that people typically like to consume online. Right. And I was cliff jumping and I was hanging out with other creators. I was making travel adventure edits on the side of this tour stuff. Um, Justin, I was in Justin Crusoe's tour videos. Like I put myself in his videos. That's dope. Um, just because it was just like, that was the vibe of yeah. us like, two college kids running around the, like the, the United States, right. just like going to small clubs and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I think just like actually doing cool stuff and, and like, I also was mad authentic mm-hmm. with, with everything. I was like open doors. And then I also did a video that's like, I graduated from college six months ago. Yeah. Did watch you see that, that one? Yeah, yeah. That one. So like Rory so stories came out, nobody was doing stories, right? Cause it was like intimidating. Right. And so the only people that are actually doing stories are people that are like, like Rory's, like the Rory's of the world, like the personalities yeah. that have like the balls to just be like, what's up? I'm doing yeah, this. Yeah. Like do this in yeah. public. And, uh, and everybody was watching them, but nobody was like doing it. And, um, I was doing it Rory and like the other creators were doing it. And Rory just like ripped on me for this, uh, six months ago, I graduated from college video and, uh, it actually did well before he blew it up. Like it got like a, it got like eighty thousand views Damn. when I had like seven thousand followers. Damn. So like that's like as far as Instagram goes, it's like mini viral. Right, right, right. And it's like it was a video telling my story. It was like I graduated from college six months ago, and since then I've done like I moved out into a tiny studio apartment. I've been on like X. It was like a flex too. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, like, I got to do a jets and shit. I've been on jets. I went to this amount of places and blah blah, blah and like 
what is life like yeah. whatever act that was actually a brand deal for feet uh for uh feet socks this the video was yeah so hard. um and the last line of it is like now i get to live every day like it's a weekend mm. which is like a pretty cheesy line that was their tagline they were going through that's why i put it in they're like live like it's like it's a weekend and they're like um, so i put it in they don't tell me that that's no longer their tagline they're not going live with it oh, i was shit. supposed to launch that tagline for them damn they didn't do it they leave it in and then everyone's like oh, that's kind of cheesy and then i'm like oh it's a tagline then feed socks like no it's not we didn't go live with it um damn. <laughs> but pe- it was funny like people like people loved it but people also like that were like a little bit older were like oh it's cheesy yeah yeah but still it's so like rory was like he was just on his story he would he would post like 30 stories and just be like oh it's that kid that graduated six months ago or like hey hey and he would introduce me to people on a story but like, hey did you know this kid graduated from college six <laughs> months ago and now he lives every day like it's the weekend <laughs> and then everyone everyone's like everyone's like looking at like it's awkward right and i'm just yeah. like blushing and then and then <laughs> yeah. and then they're like cool man and i'm like yeah thanks and then he'd be like you know this kid never filled out a job application and now he lives every day like it's the weekend i don't know why but people like ate it up yeah they love it and i was like it was funny it's a bit it was funny for a day and then i was like and then he did it the second day and i was like what's going on then the third day like his following just started like coming across and being like who is this kid and i had like I had like some videos underneath. I had like the Justin Crusoe videos. I had like some content to yeah, support it. So right. when people checked out my page, like, oh, he makes dope DJ right. videos. And um, and Rory just blew it up for the second thing to the point of like, I'll go to a chain smoker show and it'll be like people there's... intermission between like a crossover or whatever. And I'll go up on stage to like check out like where something, something is or like is yeah. there like a pyro thing here or whatever. And I, like I have a video clip of me like filming the crowd before like the silence of the crowd before right. they come on, and like somebody's like six months ago I graduated from college, <laughs> and like it, it's like a funny like if 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 you're like an OG yeah, that yeah, one yeah. blonde kid fan you came up with me like you know this tagline you know this video God. it's like also my YouTube like land like if you go to my YouTube for it the is. very first thing that's the first video you're gonna see yeah. and then like that's if you're a subscriber funny. you see other stuff but uh, I love that shit it, but that like overall though that is like such a good and it, it, that came out before everyone was like last january i went to south america for the first time and i brought my camera and this is what i captured right, right, right. like that is so cheesy now yeah. but that like that was three years ago cared. it was like oh you brought your camera to south america and you documented it and now you're about to show me like let's go yeah, and, you yeah, were hyped. Yeah. and so that that was me like i graduated from college and I did this, this, and this, and I haven't filled out a job. Out. And also that's like, that's like the college dream, not like the American dream. That's right. like the college dream yeah. of like, how the hell do I not go to a nine to five? Like I'm graduating in a year. How do I escape this? And that's, that is my following. It's like, it's kids that are graduate, either graduating high school and are like, it's college for me, or it's kids that are in college crapping themselves about what they're going to yeah, do afterwards. Right. And they're like, you didn't fill out a job application. You got to do all this crazy stuff and you made it happen. Like, and you how? live every day like it's the and I, every day. And I love the weekend. And Saturday, I, Sunday, is when my, my, my birthday yeah. was on a Sunday. You're a weekend warrior because you work a nine to five. <laughs> so am I, but I do it seven days a week. Um, That's funny. As yeah. Fun. So, but that was a really like a hyper strong, like, you know my story now. Yeah. You right. know who I am, whatever. And then I did some other stuff. I did. And that was like, that sold the Snapchat show as well. Like that was the thing of like, I'm this kid that travels the world. I graduated from college. I didn't fill out a job application. Now this is what I get to do. Yeah, Brands are like, we love it. We love it. It's a great thing. And, uh, and, um, 
what was I going to say? So you did another video or something? You were yeah. So like, you know, when chain smoker stuff rolls around and they go and they go and like kind of like dive into me, they come across this video and it's like, oh damn, like this kid's sick. Yeah. And 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 then I also just took every podcast. I was doing every interview possible. Thrillist did a big article on me and told like my full story, which wow. is like a very big, um, like online platform yeah, yeah. and. They did like a very, very big like, how did you go from going from college and being like a nobody to going on tour with Chainsmokers? And it was like finessing the DM thing. And it was like that story where like people now were accepting direct message. And uh, then Thrillist just did like, I did like an hour long phone interview with them. And they did like a really long piece. Yeah, that's dope. Fuck. Yeah. It's so crazy because I feel like what you guys have invented between, I'd say like your peer group on who you make content with, it's like, you guys set a bar for like this travel culture, right? Yeah. Of being able to turn that into a job or being able to go somewhere because someone wants you to come and create content for whatever it is, Fiji resort, some shit or whatever. I don't know all this stuff, but yeah. you created a culture of it. Like so, but also community as well. Like yeah. every, every kid wants to do these trips, but they also want to, they want to do it with friends. And right. so when they see us all hanging out and like tagging each other and it's about to happen again, we have like the most savage trip of all time planned in like a week that I just got a call about being like, okay, we officially can fit you on this trip. When, but when it's like, that it's, like roll out? it's like Sam Colder, Jacob, uh, Gustavo, like Everybody. homie Jack, like Brendan Hayward, like the full squad plus like other professional guys yeah. that are, and we're doing like the craziest skydiving trip of all time. Oh, that's dope. And it's like, it's, it's literally like old school travel adventure going to like, the extreme virality right and you, typically like now nobody hangs out anymore because everyone's like doing their brand deals yeah, and yeah, everyone's yeah. around like but and so nobody gets back together and that's what i think people love right it's the, like everyone loves the travel adventure thing but we've seen it but it's like when you see people together hanging out and you get to see the stories of like people eating and like pranking each other and then we put out like a actual piece of content that's like in real time yeah you're just like yo what do i what do i have to do to be there right you know no shit and so i think that's what we were really good at was like we would all it was just like a snowball effect like oh like Rory's hanging out he's going cliff jumping Jeremiah's going Matt Coleman's gonna bounce like come through and then there's like all these amazing creators and talented people that all have their specialties but we all like would just get together and, and go like just charge right. and it compounded like a ton yeah when you started jumping out of airplanes uh, I'm like, every time you post that shit I'm like savage this is crazy this is I would never bro skydiving to me was something I want at 16 I got like in a fight with my parents because they wouldn't sign a waiver letting me to skydive early you're like I'm like, a photographer so, I need to go so I can't I wasn't even shooting at the time I just wanted I wanted to go since I was 12 right. I was like when can I go skydiving my parents are like well you're 18 but like we don't want you to do it and then when I was 16, I was like, I found a place that'll let me go as a 16 year old but your parents have to sign off and they're like we're not doing it they got me indoor skydiving and I was like probably the brattiest moment of my life. I yeah, was like, right. I don't want to do this. Like, this isn't real skydiving. And then when I was 18, on my 18th birthday, I went tandem, realized that it, it was like cool, but I was like, this is like, I really, really want to do this. I'm going to put this on hold, yeah. get some money, have some time to do it. I was like way deep in baseball. I didn't have time for it. Right. And then, uh, and then when I started like making some money and stuff, uh, like two years ago, I was like, okay, I could, not only pay for this stuff, but I can also make my money back through my content and nobody's doing it. Right. Like nobody's doing it well. Like I think Jay Alvarez was putting out some cool stuff, but even that there wasn't like solid edits yet around like travel skydive stuff. And so me, Rory and Sam Colder all put it on the 
calendar three months in advance to do it. I was like, block your calendars, no brand deals. Like, let's just go train for a week and get certified. And Sam, that's how long it takes is a week. Like about seven days. If <laughs> right. like weather and everything's good. Okay. Um, and, uh, Ror, uh, Sam bailed a month before he was like, I have a, too big of a deal. I can't turn away. And then Rory bailed the day before cause he was moving and he was like, I just need to get settled in my new spot. Whatever. Right, right, right. Whatever. So I end up going, my girlfriend goes with me. It was like my birthday weekend. She gets certified. I get certified. And then I didn't post about it for a year because I was like, I want to come out so heavy. Just make the illest version of it. And like everybody posts about them skydiving and it's like them learning. And right. they're like, I'm standing by the plane or I like this. Yeah, like, yeah. And just like every like, like niche culture, like a skate culture or like a surfing culture. There's like the do's and don'ts. Right, right, right. And there's like a lot of don'ts. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. very few do's and the do's are like really hard to do. Mm. Like you have to have skill to do the do's. Right. And the don'ts are like all the newbie stuff that everybody does and skydiving has that as well. Okay. So like all the newbies are like with a student rig on or like a rental rig or they have like- <laughs> Losers. A loser helmet on. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, totally. But, but, it's like, but when you do it, like the, the photo like, of you, I like, will, it I will, looks sick. Yeah. So you, the, the first thing I ever came out with was for the Snapchat show. It was the coolest thing ever. I did it with uh, Morgan Oliver and he, we, we both went in a hot air balloon. Okay. With two, with two wing suitors and jumped out of it uh, holding on to the back. We had our own rigs on, but we're just holding on for dear life on the back of wingsuiters. And wingsuiters, like, huh. they fly, yeah. we fall. And so we get to, like, ride on the backs of these wingsuiters that feels like a dragon and out of a hot air balloon. And we had, like, a drone out, like, filming it. We had, like, camera, like four different cameras inside. We had, like, five GoPros and all of us. We had an extra skydiver falling with us to, like, capture it. Yeah. Like, and like Damn. 180 frames and like it was it was insane and like i posted it and i was like oh by the way like i've learned how to skydive this over the last year yeah and then everyone's just like i i don't even think people like comprehended it It actually didn't do well online really it, did, or it didn't do well like on my socials <laughs> yeah like it did all right like people were like this is insane but like nobody like i don't think people like process like oh that's jeremiah like on, like people thought, I still talk to people today, like, oh, you were strapped to him. Like you were like tandem, like you tandem skydived out of a hot air balloon. Like, oh, I guess that's kind of cool. Cause you'd like, instead of a plane, it was a hot air. I'm like, no, no, no. I rode him like Khaleesi, I'm bro. like holding on for dear life. And like, you can over rotate. Cause in a hot air balloon, you don't have wind blowing okay. against you. So it's dead air. Right. You can just like float around and body positioning is everything. Okay. So if you flip over, you're not saving that. Like you have to let go. You or the wingsuit person? Like, uh, <clears throat> uh, like both, like we're both able, we're safe and fine, okay. but like I can't get on his back. Right, 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 right. Like we're done, yeah, we're yeah, separated. Totally. Speed picks up hundred miles an hour and now you're just like, you can't do right, it. Right, right, right. He takes off one way, I'm falling. Yeah. Um. So you have to exit perfectly. And he was like, well, you're gonna wanna flip over me and you need to stay in a ball and like stay as close as you can. And I remember just going over the edge also, you're just crapping yourself. Right. Like Skydiving is one thing. Hot air balloon, it's like dead quiet because you're traveling with the wind. Holy shit. And then you can just hear, like me and you could be talking as loud as we are now up in the sky and hear each other. We're traditionally in a skydiving plane and you're like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like screaming where this is just like, hey, man, you good? Like, yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, this is really peaceful. Like the sun's coming up and you're like, you can feel yourself like br you can hear yourself breathing and like Damn, when you jumped amazing. off when we jumped off like the really really high end professional wingsuiter, he goes like, oh fuck, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's ha like what's happening? Also, it's half the altitude. 
as a normal skydive. So right. Like, altitude is time. Time right. is your friend. Right. It saves you. Right. Where this is half the distance, so you fall super fast. Ugh. It's all quicker, right? And if you don't pull in time, like you and you have an issue, you don't have time to fix it, mm. and then you're screwed. So I was already like, it was my lowest jump. It's dead airspace. You have this like gut dropping feeling in a plane. You don't have the gut drop because you're going 100 miles an hour. You jump out of the wind, 100 miles an hour. There's no speed change. Right. We're hot air balloon. You're going zero to to terminal velocity. You're going like 120 miles an hour. Dude, this is the most ridiculous. So, right. And so like people aren't processing this. Like I drop it and I'm like, this is going to change everything. Yeah. And like people are like, oh, you went down. I'm like cool like, no i and rode like, that dude i'm riding it and we crushed it first try and like those guys were like you don't understand like how hard like i can't believe we and we and morgan both stuck it wow and it was like and then we were floating side by side and we're just like waving to each other like literally riding these dragons how long do you how long can you like ride them for like 30 seconds 30 seconds yeah we're did like, they give you like a cue to dip out they, they would like shake or whatever right. and then we do like backflips off <laughs> And then go back into a free fall way faster. They fall three times slower than we do. Yeah. And then we flip off and then they take off and then you pull your parachutes. Um, and then when I went over, I was like, I just want this dough. I just want one image. I was like, I want one image of me like one handed holding, like just yeah, doing like a solid rock on. And I like go over the edge and I just like throw it up. And then I feel myself flipping over. So then I put my hand back down and I almost like scorpion, like my back and my feet are like, and I'm just like holding on for dear life. Oh my God. And then we just like stick, the, the wingsuit pilot was like, he's a legend and yeah. he's, he saved it. Like I, I, my weight was all off balance and he just, you saw him like yeah, correct he did it. His thing. Yeah, he's like saved it. And then we just had like the most crazy time. I, I've yet to do a wing, it's called a rodeo, okay. a wingsuit rodeo. And I have never seen anybody do it out of a hot air balloon, yet alone two people doing it challenge accepted it's, it's it's tricky that's like a lot of weight you also think like we all jump off of one side it's like a thousand pounds in a hot air balloon right. basket right so it's gonna so when that leaves <clears throat> it's now off weighted by everybody standing did you have planned like to do that multiple times in case you messed up no it was one, <coughs> so it was one a, taker that was right? it that was it yeah. okay because i was like how is and we got snapchat to pay for it we got paid to do oh, it oh that's fucking awesome it's dope damn that's tight it was amazing I feel you got, I gotta get you that photo. You gotta flash. Yeah, up the photo. Uh, no, I want to put like all this content on top of this. Good. It's like oh, yeah. so sick to like sick. I think the, I don't know. I couldn't do it, bro. Roller coasters be scaring me. You know what <laughs> I mean? That feeling of that what you're talking about right there, dropping out of a balloon when it's yeah. just pit. That sounds so crazy. We gotta get you up there. I don't know. Um, okay, so I, I want to wrap this up because I know you're, you you got things to do out here. Let's do it. Um, I have like a Patreon thing that I do like a Q and a. So they ask you questions. So I'll do that. But, um, as we wrap this up, what's, what's that's the plan? awesome by the way, does that do well for you or is it like, it's helping it's, pay for this. It's the route. So that's been it's cool. Amazing. It's right? been amazing Good to have for you. the support. That's from, inspiring. I need to get on that. Yeah. You, yeah. I feel like your audience, if you've got questions, ask me, man, I've been trying to figure it out for a while. So it's been fun, but, Sick. um, but I, you know, this is their chance to like ask you questions and they might not get to ask you or you might not see Let's the DMs or whatever, but, uh, before ben, I do, like it's monetizing off of Jeremiah Davis. Sorry, guys. Go. You know what I mean? They're already in there. I don't think anyone came because <laughs> of it. Let's go. But, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you? I wish I would have done that. Uh, do you, like, what is your plan moving forward as you build? Now you have your company um, and your, your group yep. and your, your squad together. Like, what is your mission now? And, and as you push forward, as, as content's changing, as yeah. internet's changing? I think the most valuable thing for me has been being crazy, like the most flexible person, like, I paid off student loans right away. I didn't have, pay, like, I don't have a car payment. Like, I own my car. Right. Like, 
I'm just no like like there's no obligation to anything like tomorrow if you're like I like I need you to come shoot this thing in Hong Kong with Beyonce like I'd be down right right, right. we're like maybe you have a couple other friends that can't do it because of X Y and Z so or be like yo let's go live in Hong Kong and we're gonna make a million dollars if you have student debt you're not really allowed to like leave the country like there's weird stuff with debt so it's like I had no responsibility and I think moving forward it's like I think that that's really important to stay flexible. So like not having a plan is also probably like the most strategic plan. I think you still need to have like things you're working towards that will happen if the climate doesn't change. So for me, that thing is like a more traditional agency, but I don't have like a five-year plan. I don't have like, like if it happens, it happens and I'm moving towards that. We're structuring projects to be like that and we're getting good at it. We're getting my clients like familiar with that process. It's not just me anymore. It's like, Here's Reese. He does this. Don't email me about this, whatever. They're getting used to it. And over the course of the next three, four years, five years, me having like my own office with more employees doing more traditional, bigger campaigns that are known as a traditional ad agency is going to happen. But say podcasts become the next biggest thing next year and I want to do a podcast and they're popping and that's what makes sense in the current day and age. I'm going to go do a podcast. Right. You know, and it's like, yeah so like staying flexible so i don't necessarily have like a crazy five-year plan right, right. i don't think it's like mad important to, but you but shift you shift into yeah. the culture and it seems that you've been doing that since a young age you totally know I mean? yeah and uh and pop culture will always need content and that's what i'm good at right and so where, wherever i go or whatever i do it's going to be based around content um but the more traditional ad space does intrigue me but it's going to be like a new evolution of it because ad agencies basically are changing every five years. Yeah. Traditional ad agencies became uh, boutique content houses. Now there's influencers that are people like me that are undercutting the agency I used to work at. Right. So it's like, it's evolving. Like if I made the same thing I worked at right now, I don't think it would be successful. Interesting. But I don't know what the, the new version of that is. So yeah. I'm working towards it. I just, yeah, yeah. it's always changing. Um, and the last thing I want to talk on is your, your, is it annual, the trip that you do to Bali where you like bring yeah. some people there? We do. So we do as many as possible. We did three last year. Um, do we do three? What is it? You take your... It's, it's workshop with Jacob and myself. I'm going to do workshops with a lot of people and a lot of different creators who want to re- involve more creators and the groups are getting bigger and it's becoming cheaper and we're right. getting more brands involved to like gift other people things. Um, cool. So like last one, everybody got like douchebag suitcases mailed to them and camera bags before they even left their house wow. to like be able to bring it on the trip. Yeah. Um, and then they were able to shoot content around the brand and then we introduced them to the brand and said, hey, they have product in hand. They like to shoot. We trained them this week go do it. But basically it's, it's an educational intensive workshop where we didn't, we didn't ever market it as this, but it's every time we do one, we're like, this is literally a college semester totally. cram packed into seven days. Right. So it's a seven day intensive workshop where you pay a flat fee and, and you pay your own flight out. And then from the time you land, you're picked up with a guy with the sign with your name and everything else is covered from there. We wake up every sunrise, we shoot every sunset we do sessions during the day where Jacob, who's basically w- was the first creative director for Beautiful Destinations, which right. is like the biggest travel brand online yeah. right now, he left that and then started this with me. And so he does a pho- photography side, I do the video side, and then we both also teach lessons on pitching clients right. and how to get your foot in the door, how to bill, how to structure, how to write contracts, how to not get screwed. Um, 
and how to like, even how to DM people. And we basically live with these people. Like it's not like a, hey, you're gonna stay at this hotel. Me and Jacob are gonna stay over here. It's like, we're gonna live in the same Bali. We live in the biggest villa in Bali. Um, There's 22, it could sleep 22 people. People have their own like hot tubs in their bathroom. There's three pools, there's a tennis court. Damn. Um, And it's like, we host everything. And then we live together. We eat every meal together. We sit over the same table and it's just like pick our brains right. about everything in between. There's structured sessions where we go over things and like classes. Um, but it's like we and what we're trying to uh, like do is is build that community we were talking about of like what the magical thing is, is the community. It's not like the content we're making. Like the content is obviously like the byproduct of it. Right. But what's really cool is the fact that there's seven people, 10 people, all with cameras that want to go shoot a crazy waterfall or go do something crazy. And and then we came up with amazing content too at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we're trying to bring together is like, let's bring 15 people together, live for a week. We're going to like bust our butts, shoot everything we can possibly or possibly can and then uh and learn during the process so sick and like we we break down all walls like you two i could do a tutorial on like how to get your foot in the door how to write a contract or how to like where's your price point let's do a right, youtube right. video but that's like really intimate it's also exposing um you your clients yeah. a lot not even I, i'm i'm okay it, it does expose you but i'm also like it's more of the client thing sure where you're able to do it on like a one-to-one basis and it's like this is what I charge for the chains. Like you want to know what I want to charge for the chain smokers. So you can base that off of your music, right, client. Right, right. like come to Bali or we're doing one in Iceland and yeah. at the end of November, we did one in Yosemite in uh, San Francisco. Oh, dope. Um, so you guys are doing those more often. Totally. And we just partnered with Kentucky, which is the biggest like millennial travel brand right now. They've been open for 60 years Whoa. and they have all like the data and analytics on like the most pop in places. And they're able to basically like cover a lot of costs. So like we dropped our prices a thousand dollars from last year's because we're able to partner with them. Right. Um, That's dope. Totally. So it's like, we're hoping to do a lot more of them. Um, is there a name for this? Is there like a separate like website? If you, yeah, it's, it's Jacob X, that one blonde kid.com. Makes sense. Um, and <laughs> It's yeah, there's there's like all the information that you could possibly need. Kentucky actually the Iceland one's on Kentucky.com. So if you just go to Kentucky.com uh and type in Iceland Jacob or right. Iceland workshop, uh we're like one of two Iceland trips Sick. with them. Um, so cool. but it's it's like in my mind it's the coolest thing. There's other workshops out there and I've watched them, I've studied them, I've talked to the people that run them. Right. And it's like they're like, yeah, like I, I do it, but like I always stay at a different, like you're going to want to stay at a different spot because people are going to talk your ears off. Or like, right, right, you know, right. And we're like, yeah, but that, like, that's the coolest part. Like we did one hour one-on-one sessions in our Bali one because we have time for it. Yeah. And we don't have to travel a ton. And it's like, we literally sit down one-on-one across the table in like a private setting. And we're like, what's up? What's yeah. up? Some guys are like, I want you to show me how to use my camera. Like, great. One guy's like, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars already. I've been doing this for one year. I went to school as like an engineer. I got my master's degree in engineer. I don't want to do that. I'm making a hundred thousand dollars without even trying in the first year. How do I progress? And I'm just like, yo, let's talk money. Like, yeah. let's go. Like, right. the, like that's a very intimate thing to talk about. But totally. like in that one-on-one session, you're able to like really dive nah, in deep. Super dope. In my mind, it's like, the mo- like, it's more than anything I learned ever at college. Yeah. Anybody I know did. Like, so. Congrats for starting that. That's sick. It's exciting, man. No, nah, yeah. super dope. All right, cool. Before we get to Q and A, um, I just want to thank you for doing all this shit. This is dope. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Dude, I'll talk your ear off. I know. I like that. I'm <laughs> fucking happy with this shit. This is dope. Um, so let's see. I'll pull up a couple questions. Uh, Taylor Grote um, said he makes he makes a type of video. Sometimes I don't read these before. So yeah. 
like sorry yeah so I, sorry if i just fucking bomb names or don't ask the question right but uh <laughs> he makes a type of video that is super dope and also the most common type of look that young creators are trying to emulate how did he separate himself from the pack in the ways that brands wanted to work with work with you rather than the cheapest guy that can rip off your style yeah uh stop making those videos hmm. and he's not stopping because that's where the money's at but if they listen to the full podcast like i stopped making money at an agency to make what i really wanted to make and then it became something like people like that style right but you got to get rid of the money kind of first uh my movement deal that's like a massive campaign right now yeah the reason why i work with movement is because i did a 10k collab video where when I hit 10,000 followers on Instagram, I had everybody submit footage to me. Right, right, right. And then I basically made it into an edit. And they loved it so much. They were like, can you do that for movement watches? And then now we do it every year for their anniversary sale. Wow. And they pay me to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. But like the original concept at its core doesn't make sense. Hmm. Like I think I like people thought it was dumb. Like all my friends thought it was like, why would you spend time going through random people's footage that you didn't shoot? You can't mod like it does. It doesn't make sense. Go, and then I and then I spent hours doing this, going through everybody's footage and right. selecting the best stuff. Made a video and said thank you for following me. Yeah. And then now brands are like, we want to say thank you to our customers. Can we pay you to do it? So cool. So like that's a different structure and it's flipped on its head and it's like, and it's hard to do. Like I don't feel like I've done something like that in a very long time because it's hard to do. But like you got to go do something that that's not going to get you paid first. To right. Like to really, I think come up with something original no, I love that. Um, but on the other side you got to pay bills and if, if you like you know if you're getting paid to do the adventure stuff and the, the typical cliche thing go do it but then double time it and make something different on the side of it right if you can if yeah. you're burnt out get rid of the money thing love that um dominique gt says what's the creative process uh to do a concert video since he tours with artists uh same show different venue how does he think about creating something new the hardest question of all time it is challenging i mean when we were doing b's tour um we're doing stadiums it's her and jay but it's like stadiums over and over and over curious on your answer on this actually well i was always like all right the beginning you're just trying to get the best content of them and then eventually i'm like there's it's there's a magnitude so i and i'm always telling people no matter what size show like don't just stay in the pit you know i mean i like go everywhere like be everywhere but once you shoot a wide shot from the back of fucking the bear stadium it's hard to make shit look different. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, so you always are challenging your, try, I'd always try to at least come up with one new thing I could try to make, something new that I hadn't always. done before, but interested to hear your perspective. Yeah, no, I think like a camera technique wise, like always do something new, like yeah. get, a, get a 360 camera involved. Like how does that work right. with, with concert videography or like go to the back or like how do you do a hyperlapse of this stadium or like maybe you bring someone on to the stadium and be like, yo, I'm going to shoot the show. You're going to just do a hyperlapse right the whole show around the whole effing stadium yeah and it's gonna be a three second show whatever yeah um but i think the biggest thing is like it's it's a little bit like harder uh, it's obviously way harder for you but like getting to know the artist if you're working with a small artist or whatever it's like bring first bring like social human value to the crew and the club Mm -hmm. like if if like everyone's like walking around the town like be funny pull not pull a prank but like just like add to the vibe and like be be seen that you're not just like a guy that holds a camera but you're like a part of the crew right because that's going to transfer into your content and like they're now going to like want you to be in more intimate settings and like have a camera in their face and like uh get those storytelling elements so it's like think outside of the show like 
go film a conversation. Like if they're on the phone outside smoking a cigarette before they go onto the stage, it's like, who's that person that you're talking to right before you go on stage? Right. Is it your girlfriend? Is it an argument? Is it like your manager? Did something go wrong? Like, is it your mom? Right. And then like that cool sound bite of being like, Hey, I got to go. Like I, I'm going on stage right now. Right. Like, so that's sick. your intro clip. Right, it's right, like, right. I'm going on stage and like it's on the phone. So I guess just more like BTS content outside. Like what we talked about yeah, like, yeah, yeah. outside of the concert. Yeah. I was, I always say like trying to work myself in as like making my camera character is like yeah so needed uh, and it helps you out um, immensely but it also allows you to have like a new eye in the crew um let's see trey visual says what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and how has it affected you i have like two more wow best piece of advice how does it affect me oh my gosh i don't know what's your best my best piece I'm whispering because we have headphones on that are really cool and we can hear our voices I know it does sound it's HD sound I was literally about to say it's it's HD sometimes Dave and I will come over here and have conversations where we just do this to talk to each other you guys whisper to each other (laughs) I know Dave so I think what we should do next week is uh, no I think my best piece of advice I got from some random book I cannot I wish I knew what it was called and I read it and it was just about this interesting story but my favorite thing was that the guy um his main goal was to always give without any expectation of anything in return. You said that earlier, so I love it. Um, and I completely agree. Like everything I've yeah. ever done is just offering myself as much as possible to, to however I can help elevate those around me is like my, my biggest move that's helped me grow as a creator. Yeah. 100%. I think like it's not, it's, I don't know if I made it this, this, it's been a tagline and like a, a thing I live by. Um, but redefining what busy means to you like the definition of busy mm. like are you busy today like actually right yes yes are, like personally are you busy P- busy as fuck okay great <laughs> so like your definition of busy like if you were to lay it out on a piece of paper and then if i went to the chain smokers and be like are you busy today and they're like yeah i'm busy as fuck right what's like, it list it out i mean and like i guarantee you they have like twice as much for, for right? sure we're both human right but they're executing twice as much as you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what if today wasn't busy as fuck, but today was just like, today's like, today's like a hustle, but it's, it's just another, like it's, it's the usual. I could do more. Right. Right. Like what if you put in another dinner in there tonight with like someone specific, like someone that you need to network with, right. or like you just want to catch up with because you guys only catch up when you're doing a deal and you right. don't want it to seem like that. Like go put in that time or yeah. go do, um, but like, I realized like, yeah. You know, Everybody said everybody can say, everyone says that they're busy, but like what the definite like what that actually looks like is so different. And I just was like, yo, this is like I thought I was busy out of what doing the Snapchat thing and everything. And I was like, no, nah, like chain smokers can fly to three states and play three shows in a day and then also do like radio interviews and then make a new song on the airplane. Yeah. You're like, I can make a video while I'm on the airplane going to three states and then I could also do like uh, an article where I respond to questions on a computer and then I can also like manage Reese and tell him to like line X, Y, and Z up while I'm making a video, while I'm shooting content, while I'm doing whatever. And it's like, I can double time this. Yeah, for sure. And everybody watching right now has a definition of what busy is, but it looks a lot different than what it does for me and you and people that are even way more actually busy. I always see like Beyonce related content, my explore page, obviously. And there was one thing that was like, we all have the same 24 hours as her. Totally. Like, damn. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. They obviously have team teams and infrastructure. Teams are like, yeah. 100%. But if even at its core as like an individual, you could do so. Like yeah. everybody could do more. Right. 100%. Um, all right. Let's do, let's see. You can answer these ones quick. Uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. I lost it. Old 
Relder. He said, I think I think I think I like the favorite. He goes, was spec work ever part of your process for brands or was it mostly networking? That's a good question. Um, I don't think I've ever shot anything on spec. Um, I think it's smart to for sure. Um, I think um, I, I feel like I have. Yeah, I feel like I've done content out of, it doesn't feel like spec work. Like spec right. work sounds boring. Like oh, I'm going to shoot this free in hopes that I'm going to make a paycheck and right. I'm like banking on it yeah. where I feel like I've, I've made content with a GoPro or I've made content with something else. And it's like, um, a that, fair double dip. And, and then I'm like, yo, this is amazing. Why don't I just go hit up this company and be like, do you guys want to use this? I shot it already for free. For example, the the Stan Socks thing at the beginning, you're showing the shoe thing that you shot before. That's technically like creating spec it's content. Totally, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just using it in a different way. 100%. Um, all right. Last question was, uh, he, he also asked was, how, how did you get your contract? How'd you get your concert contracts from credit card sponsors and other big sponsors? Oh, okay. So he's basically asking what's, what what's a what's a piece of advice you would give to someone that's trying to create a deal with a company? I did a I did an American Express deal. You just did it. No, I didn't. Ju- it was like you've been a, doing. It was like eight months ago. How'd it go? <laughs> how, it how did you do it? How did it go? <laughs> no, I guess like uh, was he asking like how do you do? He it said, with the "What would you? What's the best way to reach out to potential sponsors like that?" And um, who's who's the person in those companies that's approving and granting br- it's, budgets? It's like not. That? It's not in the company. It's agencies. Yeah. So like agencies, right? Like American Express is the biggest bank company in the world so they have agencies that have like here's 20 million dollars for 2020 or 2019 and you're gonna just do campaigns for us and then in that corner it's like okay we're gonna do a a foodie campaign around like our dining credit card and so they hire the agency to go find then like foodie influencer influencers and then from there it gets like scattered out right um so it's it's less of like finding the key contact that if you have a key contact with the company there are those people but it's like one right in a massive 2000 yeah. person company where an agency is like maybe there's a thousand people at the agency maybe there's 500 maybe it's nine like what i worked at right. and then you emailed the right person in the nine or the hundred and then it's like yo this is what i do i see america and then and just paying attention to the climate like is American Express right now promoting like food dining cards? What is the last card that it come out? Does it make sense to what you do or right. are you forcing it? Like if they put out something where it's like, uh, you know, you get 10% back on any gas purchase. You're like, I'm doing a road trip across America. What if I bought all my gas with your credit card? And then I made content around how like I'm using this credit card everywhere I go and I'm right. winning all with my gas I'm across the that makes sense. Yeah, and then yeah, that's yeah. what you pitch them. Right. Stuff like that. So but go to agencies. Your, was your deal just a one time thing with them? I do you know Casey McPerry? Yeah. He was on here. So he Sick. talked about building like year long relationships with them. I I feel like I've asked the same question that this person did to Casey. I was like, yo, how did yeah. I hit him up? Cause when I was doing my deal, I knew he had worked with American express and right. I was like, yo, are they making you put like all this, like in your caption, I had to put like terms may apply. Like you have to be 18 year old or whatever, right. all this like, but it was like, you're like, dude, I don't, it was so long that? and I'm like, does this required? Like, this is insane. And, uh, and it was, and I just talked to Casey and I was like, how did this all come about? But, um, I kid you not, I got an email. It was one of my biggest contracts last year, but it was from this American express thing. And they were like, can you do it? We need you to not only create, we, it was three events, all concert focused. You had to shoot a recap from the event. Right. And then you had to shoot 
a small, like a different variation of it, highlighting three different influencers. So like if you were one of them, I'd make you your own original video. Right, right, right. So I just had to get like a couple shots of you plugging in the same video I had and I would swap my right. shots out of for you. Yeah. And I did that for three other people. So for me included, that's four different versions of each event. Um, and they hit me up and they're like, can you do this? And, um, and it was an agency and it was a, honestly a nightmare, but <laughs> yeah, it sounds like so crazy. many deliverables. I think I, I, it was so many deliverables and I think the whole event series flopped and the, the agency was like treading water and trying to like salvage Shit. it on my back of like, this needs to be better. Or this yeah. needs to be turned in early. Cause we're trying to like woo this client. I'm like, yo, our contract doesn't have me turn this thing in for another five days. And they're like, doesn't matter. We need you to do this now. And they're like, it was sad. The homeboy had my phone number was like calling me late at night. Like it was, yeah, it was dark. It's it brutal. Huh? I got paid a lot of money though for it. It was well, great. It makes up for it. That's all you have to think about is like, there's an end of this road. It was like, scarring though. Yeah. It was actually scarring. <laughs> it was pretty scarring. But also, also one thing is like, that's what networking is like going to meetings and stuff like that. You're going to be able to, you could run it, go yeah. to, go to a Samsung event. I guarantee you there's a rep there. There's someone that you yeah. might want to bump into or whatever. There is a funny story. You should go read it on Reese's blog, but Reese, uh, told a funny story about that American Express thing where we, I outsourced one of the events to a friend um, who went to Puerto Rico with uh, with the hard drive, with all the footage. He shot it and he was supposed to send a copy to me and then he was supposed to Travel. edit it himself and do everything, but I just needed a copy for insurance. Goes to Puerto Rico with the only copy and then says he can't turn it in in time and like, Meanwhile, American Express wants it early and held the footage hostage. Reese goes to Puerto Rico. Flew with, to Puerto Rico? With, with with one hour's notice, with socks in his, and like his computer, like no change of underwear, like no, like an extra pair of socks. It was, Jeez, it was the most savage thing. But Reese has like a, I haven't even read the blog, but people have told me like, I've read Reese's blog about this thing. Damn. I think it's called like Rogue Freelancer or something uh, like that. Yeah, I want to look that up. Yeah, Reese is a goat. Damn. He is a goat. Yeah. Savage. All right, wrapping this up. Um, before I leave, or you leave, um, I let you pick a hashtag, right? So I tell everyone to go to your Instagram. They're going to tag me. told me about this. He did? Yeah, you, did you already prepare cool. one? No, I didn't. I just thought of it again. Okay, so everyone listening, if we made it this far, we talked for a minute, two hours. This is a good podcast. Um, if you made it this far, go to your whatever your most recent Instagram post is. You're going to tag me at Ben Reverse World, and then you're going to put this hashtag that so we both know that they re- listened to the entire thing. Holy, you can come up with whatever you want. Wow. Yeah. They tag it in their last post. Like they'll just go to your feed, whatever they see when at the time that they're here. They might yeah. hear this a year from now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They'll just put this hashtag that you put in. We'll both see it. Let's go T-O-B-K. T-O-B-K. That one blind kid. Okay. For those that aren't tracking. Right. X-Ben. Fair enough. Or do you want some black with no cream? No, it could be what I mean, some people say some fucked up shit for that part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some I stuff is got dumb you. as hell. I could have so. got you. I could have got you. Like hashtag. Okay, wait. So, so it's T-O-B-K. Yep. X-Ben. Yeah. We'll stick with it. I love it. All right, cool. Do that so we know because you're a real one for listening to this whole thing. Um, and that's it. I appreciate you coming and doing this, bro. I always feel bad after podcasts. I'm like, damn, we talked for two hours. I am more than happy to like <laughs> go. I could, we could. I do, don't want to talk for two hours though. I enjoyed saying, it, but I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I always I, do this. I always, I, I always feel like my first one was like three hours long, and it was just because I was like over prepared. And then we're like, we gotta keep them like an hour and a half. And I'm like, but if they're really good, I'm gonna let it keep going. Tight. But you killed this shit. Your, your story is nuts. So, all right, appreciate it. Thank you. That's it. That's it for episode 134. Huge thank you to Jeremiah for coming on the show. Listen, 
Each week, I'm interviewing some of the most talented creators in the world. And if you have ever wanted to ask them a question directly, now is your chance. By becoming a member of our Patreon community, you can be a part of the Q&A experience with each of our guests. Not only do our Patreon members get to have their name and question read on the podcast, but they also get to access all the other amazing perks we have to offer, like bonus podcast episodes, exclusive live streams, detailed behind-the-scenes breakdowns, and so much more. You can check all of those perks out at jointhehomies.com. Appreciate you all for listening to this episode, but before you start listening to another Black Window Cream podcast episode, stop what you're doing right now, hop on iTunes, on your computer, or your phone, and leave us a review. Every review helps this podcast grow and reach more creators out there, which helps us continue to create this content for you guys every single day. Subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram at Black Window Cream, and make sure to send this podcast to someone that you think will benefit from hearing it. We love you. See you in a few days, you bitch. bitch.